0: You're listening to the Straight Shooting Radio Show on the AHP Digital Radio Network. Visit us at australianhuntingpodcast.com.au. Sit back, relax and enjoy. Here's the hosts of the show, Jason Selms and Mario Vlatko. Right, right, you're listening to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on AHP Digital. Thanks for joining me. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Mars. we are down here at uh, HuntFest, mate. And we, what did we do? We came down last night. We're live yep. here at HuntFest now. N- people just started to uh, fill up. It's 956 uh, A.M. and what yep. we do, we came down last Friday night, or sorry, Friday just yesterday. We stayed in a hotel. Yeah, well, basically we had some had some breakfast at a nice cafe here in Naruma. Were you, were you happy with the hotel? Nice. You, you weren't so fussed with the. See, Jason picked well, the hotel, and he wasn't too fussed uh, with the with the hotel. Look, look uh, I've <laughs> What's I that got ninety five dollars. What's wrong I with got, it?
1: I got the shitty bed next to the window. It was freezing. What can you do? <laughs> ah, well, you know, it was like sleeping in my tent.
0: <laughs> yeah, so we just we're here now. We're overlooking actually the. The uh, wildlife, double branch and photo competition, wildlife competition here at HuntFest. There's a yes. lot of, oh, look at that sambo, that guy over there from with the yellow, sorry, the orange vest. Some beautiful, beautiful photos of uh, people out hunting. Uh, enjoying themselves some just wildlife really good, pictures really even. good shots excellent shots and we're sitting over from uh, EDI hunting and outdoor gear and actually this morning didn't we we had a great chat with uh, one of the uh, Naruma police officers here just yeah. off air about 10 minutes about yep. you know what happened in Hornsby just uh, a few days ago yep uh, we had a chat about you know you the US you know gun crime why people infatuated with the US you know self-defense and we had a had a great chat didn't we Mars? was quite, we quite exciting
1: we did excellent chat and um, he was a very nice guy and uh, we won't mention his name of course but uh, you know we're a really good conversation with him uh, about a whole range of things, gun laws in various uh, other countries and uh, what they do in other places of, uh, of the world and in terms of policing and in terms of culture and things like that. It was really good, really good chat. So anyway, Jason, the show, the show looks fantastic. People are starting to
0: roll yep. in. people are starting to roll in. I mean, look at those at EDI or EDIT, Hunting and Outdoor Gear. There's some, actually some quite... Uh, yep. Nice guns over there they've got, look, they've got some scopes on there Looks like they've yep. got some uh, some nice Torches and Torches yeah And knives yeah Fantastic So what we're going to do today Is we're going to go through Some uh, articles We're also going to talk a bit about the, Well Jase
1: Before we go through the articles Let's just talk about the show A little bit it, It's yes. a really good show Naruma yep, Huntfest yep. Has grown over the Over the last couple of years And this is our first time We've got our own booth And Jason's got a few signs Printed up And you guys have probably Already seen them on uh, Facebook And the signs look
0: really good Jace. Yeah thanks to Adam Out there at uh, Paintballshop.com Which is is uh, Rouse Hill paintball uh, yep. action paintball? Good on you, Adam. Adam Good on you, Rouse, Rouse Hill. Any,
1: anyone interested in paintball,
0: paintball? You just go see action paintball Adam yep. at Rouse Hill. Yeah, that's right, and he'll uh, help you out because he did it with these banners at absolutely short notice. I mean, it's just absolutely fantastic. I mean, we have posted some of the photos on Facebook. If you haven't seen them, and uh, you know, I'm surprised how big it is. Actually, we, we got here this morning. Uh, it was a little bit nippy, a little bit cold in the room. Yeah,
1: yeah, but oh, but beautiful
0: day. It's an absolutely
1: fantastic day, and like, you can see the. Uh, the beautiful ocean, and just Naroom is very picturesque. It's a beautiful uh, coastal town. I mean, and, what... uh, and Jase, outside we've also got a SSAA, um air rifle range, which is always good to see. Heaps of exhibitors outside as well. I mean, we, we've, I just had a bit of an opportunity to walk around outside and have a Good look around. It's a fantastic day for it. I mean, it yep. couldn't have been a better day. And it's yep. just really, really good. People are starting to walk by and they're looking at our
0: stand, <laughs> which is great. I've never actually, you know, I've never actually <laughs> podcasted in in front of people before. So it's quite interesting. to are actually locking eyes and you're know, yeah. actually trying to uh, record a show, you know. So it's quite interesting. It, it is. And, you know, I'm, I'm hoping you guys can hear the crowd in the background. Yeah. So, you so there's, there's a little, little bit of ambience. Yes. You can hear. I mean, you can hear people. Muzzer's not turning off his phone. Luckily, we're live from HuntFest. So this is going to be a little bit not as edited as a. <laughs> Normally would be guys. This is just more a bit of a fun, a bit of a straight shooting. We're going to talk about topics. We're going to talk. Yep. We're standing in front here of the Australian Shooter Journal as well, the ASJ. So we're going to be talking a lot uh, about the political parties that they did put in their magazine. So we're going to be sort yeah, of having a look at some double, of them.
2: Double,
1: double a, the Double yep. uh, the The magazine that I'm sure most of you guys that are Double SAA members have received a recent magazine and the exactly. ASJ, ASJ magazine in it regarding the coming up federal
0: election. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff in this magazine, which we're actually going to uh, discuss actually today, which is really, really good. But first of all, we might see if we've got some uh, listener emails. We'll go into that right now. We've got to hear two. First one. Actually, it's from Michael Green, one of our regular listeners. Michael's one of our great listeners. Um, G'day, Michael. Of, How are you, mate? Yeah, out of Western Australia. He says, hi, Jason. I think you and Miles should do a straight shooting podcast between the Political Candidates podcast so you two can scrutinize each guest and go over their comments in detail after a couple of days' thought and checking their facts. And you guys go over the emails and comments from the listeners as I'm missing the regular content from the great podcast show. Keep up the great work, Jason. Yes, Michael. Great idea, actually. Unfortunately, mate, because of time constraints,
1: and myself and Jason just absolutely flat out with our normal lives, like we always—I mean, we always are. This is something that we do on the side. Uh, it would be great if we could do it full time, eh, Jason, that'd be fantastic yeah. if someone paid us money to do yeah. this full time. But unfortunately, they don't. So, yeah, absolutely, I hundred percent agree with you, Michael. We we should be doing a show after every interview to scrutinize. Um, each, uh, each political party and uh, their, their candidacy to scrutinize their ideas and uh, what what they stand for. Yes, absolutely, 100%. Unfortunately, mate, we we just don't have the time to do that. I think sometimes it's also, Jason, better just to leave the message out there and let people decide for themselves sometimes yeah. as well, instead of us, constant, uh, I guess, commenting always on and, and, and dissecting everything they say. It's sometimes better for people just to... Listen in and uh, decide for themselves to to find out what what is, what is uh, what they think about their party and their views. What do you think, Chase?
0: Yeah, no, as we don't tell you who to vote for. Um, as you said, we do run political party ads, which you've heard yeah, before. Absolutely. Again, they pay us to run political party ads. Anyone that wants to run a political party ad, provided it's not the, the Greens, we'll allow anyone to run a political party ad on our show. Well, provided, provided also they,
1: yeah. they support, you know, hunting, shooting, and fishing. Of course, I mean, uh, there's no point running a political party no. ads for people who don't support our recreation, no. our culture, our rights, our sports. But provided you know?
0: we like the products, provided we like the political party, we like the message they're pushing, we're happy to advertise for them because, you know, getting the shooting vote up, you know, it doesn't matter who you vote for, we need to vote, you know, voting for the two major parties. We know they're against firearms. We know the Liberals, you know, what they've instituted against firearms owners since 1996. Uh, we also know the Liberal Party has their own idea on firearms and they're very, very similar basically to each other. So that's what definitely... Well, what
1: speaking about that too, Jason, I'd just like to make a comment regarding the ASJ magazine, the double political voice, ASJ. So, And, and this is the, the, I think, is a bit of, I guess, double standard by the double Now, you can see here at the federal election, you've got the Australian Greens and they say untrustworthy and undeserving of shooters' votes and they've got the Greens label with a big red uh, circle with a cross for it. I mean, OK, well, why haven't they got the same for the Liberal Party, Right.
0: Or yeah, if we look back
1: at what pages we looking at? Why haven't they got the same at? for the Liberal Party or the Nationals or Labor? I mean, none of these parties have done anything but vote for restrictions on our gun rights. Yeah. I mean, hang think on, think if we look it. for it
0: here, if I'm, as, as again, guys, this is the Australian Shooters Journal. Now, if we go to the Liberal Party, I mean, check this out. This is, this is quite funny. The Liberal Party. Now, there's a picture of Justice Michael Keenan, who chairs the Firearms Industry Reference Group. Yep. The Turnbull coalition team is committed to preserving the interests of legal firearms market and owners, including sporting recreational shooters, while also maintaining a range of measures to control firearms and their criminal use. There is no single measure or package of reforms that can prevent firearm crime or improve safety overnight, while the Labor Party has been inconsistent on firearms, Oh, unbelievable. Check this out. This is unbelievable. Talk about hypocrisy. They've been inconsistent on what, pushing more restrictions against law-abiding firearms owners? It's incredible. Uh, The party's been inconsistent on firearms. The Coalition fully supports the the legitimate use of firearms by sporting and recreational shooters and will ensure the needs and interests of legal firearms owners have been well considered in the development of future firearms reforms. Well, this is interesting because... It just makes me sick hearing that. But the NFA Review Muzz is after...
1: But don't forget, Jason, if you own an Adler seven shot, oh, you're a danger. bad man. Yeah, yeah, you're bad.
0: I'm surprised they haven't called it. You're a danger to yourself yeah. as well as the community. I'm sure no. they haven't caught it. A mini gun that shoots ten thousand rounds a minute. Yeah, it basically just loads on its own. Yeah, it's that, it's it's, that powerful. Oh, no, it's
1: just it's, it's incredible. I mean, I can't believe the rubbish these people spout. And you know what gets me, right? Double S, double A, and, and you know, people may accuse us of, uh, I guess, being. Uh, sympathetic to WSA, I can assure you, you can go back and listen to our podcast. <laughs> we, we've given everyone an equal bollocking, whoever's deserved it. Yep. And and a with their magazine here to put a to put a line across the Greens and not to put a line across Liberal, I think it's just it's just ridiculous because Liberal have done Liberal Party have done very little, very little in the last twenty years to support our gun rights. In fact, it was the Liberal Party. Who um, basically took our guns away with John Howard back in '96, if everyone remembers, and and John Howard's a bit of a, I guess, um, a sacred cow, don't you
0: think, Jason? Yeah, uh, no one, no one can touch him. No one. He's, he's Mr. Teflon. Nothing sticks to John nothing. Howard. <laughs> yeah, nothing sticks. He just seems to want to... You know, every time a gun issue actually does come up, he seems to always want to get involved in it. And like I said, this is why myself and Mario were previously upset on the uh, recent Straight Shooting podcast is because you know there was, this was the one opportunity, guys, that we had... Uh, in front of John Howard in the media to just hit home and represent firearms owners and I think at the end of the day we actually failed to do that we really extremely our representatives failed to do that we just didn't do a good job you heard the interview and and, and funny thing is because I wanted to explain this too because people always message me Okay, and they say, like, I get this very rarely, but you get one or two here and there, Mars. They ring up and they message me on Facebook, either my personal account or on the the podcast account. And they say, well, you know, you guys are against this organization or you're against this party. And then when I ask them, I say, well, hang on, did you listen to, you know, episode 116, 118? And and these are normally to do with the straight shooting podcast in general because they're very political. We just say it how it is and simply that's how it is. And we've dealt with a lot of subjects like that in the past. and, and,
1: and And our thoughts are clearly...
0: Clearly uh, there for everyone to see yeah so we're not certainly not hiding anything and uh but the, the recent one the other day muzz was about yep. the NRC the natural the Natural Resources Commission when they're actually talking about deer yeah and the guy messaged me and he said oh you know I saw your post on Facebook and blah 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 etc etc you know you're anti this organization I you know I'm, a, I'm anti this political party and I said well hang on uh, did you re- read my resubmission to the to the NRC uh, pest species deer inquiry uh, yep. uh, he, he didn't know what to say and I said while you're at it I said about a week ago I released episode 118 I said which clearly says I was wrong on part of the issue I've admitted that yep. uh, I didn't read the report in its entirety I'm sorry for that and, uh, and and I've pushed the proper resubmission to the NRC and this is the whole thing that really annoys me the most and then I said well you've actually listened to the show and, I, and then they're trying to offer me advice by saying well your podcast is tarnished you know because you've said this about this political party or this organisation I said well not really there's 40,000 people that really enjoy the show they know me and Muzzle Say it how how it is, and we've got really the shooting, sports, and hunting is best interests, you know, at heart. Absolutely, um, hundred percent correct, Jason. I mean, not very often do you get it
1: wrong, Jace. But you know what I love about you is when you when you do get it wrong, you're not scared to admit it. No, what Uh, you man up to the fact, and you're not scared to admit it. And uh, you know, with this um, NRC recommendations for putting deer as a, as a feral pest rather than a game species. I wanted to withhold my judgment until I'd done the research, and once I did do the research and once I got my head around the whole issue, um, I was I was able to speak with a lot of confidence on the issue and then I, I pretty much knew where I stood on the situation and I, I basically understood that we've got to maintain deer as a game species if yeah. we want to main main maintain the, the hunting culture around
0: deer. Was the biological thing because we don't know, again, if it, just because now a pest species may not be an issue now, Yep, it doesn't mean in 10 years' time you know that they're going to not going to come up with some fandangled idea for some biological weapon, you might say, Correct. to basically eradicate deer, basically in their entirety. And this is what a major problem. Yeah. Bo- probably not going to happen, guys. But again, it could happen. You know, yep. based on if they do development, they, anything, mate. Technology well, can come well, along long have way. A in look 10 at, years. Have a
1: look at technology these days, Jason. I mean, uh, ten years ago, you can drive your unregistered car. You know, pretty much for six months for a year. Well, maybe even two years straight, you can drive your unregistered car, no worries. You will never get pulled up by the police or anything. But you try and do it today, forget it, mate. The police have got technology now that read number plates. They, uh, they position their cars all over the uh, highways and that, and you just go past one car and that's it. You're, you're, you're done. You, you get you get sprung. So um, the technology is is moving ahead, and there's, and there's no way to tell what will be available in the future in terms of pest management. Now... They could develop a virus in the future. They could target just deer and deer only. And if deer is classified as a pest, well, guess what? They could release that virus in the wild and that'll be pretty much the end of deer as we know it. And yep. they'll only be found in small pockets you know, around the country where, where the government hasn't gotten to them yet. So we it's important that we maintain deer as a game species. And in fact, you know, I'd love to put even more animal species on that list um, as game species. I mean, why can't we have wild pigs as a game species? I know they're a pest. Right. But uh, I think on private property, you should be able to uh, eradicate whatever
0: whatever pest that you yeah. want. And some people might hear that and go, oh, no, you can't have uh, pigs as a game species But then, because the damage they do. But then deer also do damage as well. But unfortunately, we've just put deer sort of at this mythical you know, status, based this mythical status of, I don't know, what would you say? Well, I see, mean, almost uh, like, well, see, deer are like a magical animal. I
1: know. Well, deer are currently a game species, right? But that doesn't prevent farmers and landowners from getting rid of them. Like right. I said, would you, so,
0: would you be happy though, with if you could use lick blocks, feeders? We're not talking about baiters in 1080. We're talking about feeders, corn feeders, maize feeders, lick blocks, and that yep. type of stuff. Oh, yeah. Well,
1: absolutely. You should be able to use all those devices. You should be able to use a couple of basic aids to, uh, you know, help you uh, go, go hunting and uh, at least be able to catch deer in a more effective way and be able mm. to shoot deer in a more effective way. And look, Jason, in terms of speaking about pigs, and I know some people will be just outraged by this comment, but... Look, pigs as a game species, I mean, we've got a great industry and we need to grow the industry. And the way we're going to grow the industry is to get more people hunting, get more people hunting, get more people interested into hunting. And uh, I guess if you have a a great hunting industry, especially we've got one around deer, we can have one around wild pigs as well. That would be fantastic. I mean, I don't see any problem with that. And um, and it, it shouldn't stop any landowner from being able to eradicate pigs from their property if they're causing damage. I mean, it doesn't, deer as a game species now doesn't stop any landowners from being able to control them, yeah. uh, especially
0: if they're in plague proportions and pest proportions like, like pigs often are, right? Yep, so That's I right. Mean, yeah. All right. Uh, next one is interesting too. Let's go at the Australian Labor Party. Again, this is in the uh, Australian uh, Shooters Journal. This is the SSAA Mini Journal, 2016, Volume 14, Issue 1. Uh, now, they've got the Labor Party in as well. And it said, as many of you would be aware, issues relating to the prevention, detection and prosecution of crime are, for the most part, the responsibility of state and territory governments. Don't forget, guys, unless you talk about the Adelaide, they can ban it overnight. But anyway, the various categories of firearms were agreed to by all Australian jurisdictions at a special meeting of the Australian Police Minister's Council in May 1996, uh, the National Firearms Agreement. The categories are reflected in both Commonwealth legislation that regulates firearms, import, customs, blah, blah, blah. Any changes to the categories would need to be approved by all jurisdictions through Law, Crime and Community Safety Council. Uh, Labor believes that the gun technology is updated. It is appropriate that our laws are reviewed to ensure uh, that they keep up with the advances in technology and don't become outdated. Like, what, what advances? I mean, anyone I know is 3D printing, but I mean, you can't ban a 3D printer for the fact that it's already illegal to manufacture a firearm without a license, dealer's license, without all the proper you know, checks and balances. What do you well, reckon?
1: Well, I, I say this in, in, in the best best um, spirit possible, Jason. I, my personal hope is, is that uh, 3D printing in the United States. Uh, makes gun laws pretty much obsolete. Uh, That's my hope. (laughs) My hope is that one day that um, any person in the United States, law-abiding person, can buy a 3D printer and manufacture whatever gun parts they want. And also maybe even total firearms, complete firearms. That would be fantastic. I mean, it would make most gun laws obsolete and uh, it'll force people to basically register the person and not the item, because registering the item would be near impossible. Yeah, because that's that's ultimately what, what what my hope is in the future. Maybe in about thirty years' time, you might see that. I don't know, but uh, look, and I and I don't want people to think that i you know I'm kind of support anarchy or anything like that. No, I don't. Absolutely no. Um, I support law-abiding people having access to whatever firearms they want, as long as it's used for lawful purposes. That and and, and that's very important to um, mention.
0: Yeah. Next so, one up. Yeah. Sorry, is the Caters Australia Party. Uh, This one, interesting, a lot of you guys know Bob Catter from Queensland. Now, I thought, I didn't even realise, I mean, probably shows my, not big on politics in Queensland, but I do look at it a lot. Robbie Catter, I thought Robbie Catter was Cat, but Robbie Catter's a national, national. so I didn't know that. But anyway, uh, Catter says... Personal freedoms are one of the key tenets of the cat philosophy and support for hunting and shooting sport runs to a very heart of Caters Australia Party. Our sport for shooters has been enshrined in the party's constitution from its very inception and it's reflected in two core values, including the freedom to pursue outdoor recreational activities and opening up off-limits land to the people. This is the important one, guys, in Queensland getting public land hunting set up in Queensland. That's something yeah. that we should be pushing for massively. Absolutely. We say it on every show,
1: really, Jason. And uh, look, it's, it's up but it's up to you Queenslanders, all you Queenslanders listening to the show. Rally your government.
0: You. Write to them. We say this. You've We've got to get together get as a group, a,
1: a get together as an action group, you know, action group to, to make sure that uh, the politicians in uh, Queensland government understand public land hunting, what it is, what it means, how it can benefit the state, the economy, how it can benefit culturally and so on. Just put together an action group and present your case to the politicians in uh, in in the Queensland. So that's very important. We talk about every show. Yes, so Bob Catter, fantastic guy. Um, really, really good uh, um, supporter of our rights, our, our freedoms yep. and as Australians. Uh, really can't fault Bob Catter except for the fact that, unfortunately, Jason, and this is partly Bob Catter's fault and partly the media, the, the left-wing media are very good at making Bob Catter look like a, a redneck loony. And yeah. uh, does,
0: does, I must admit, he does laugh a lot when they ask him questions. He yes, just loves to go into a fit I of know. laughter.
1: And the problem is, Bob Carr doesn't really help himself for, because he doesn't stick to the subject matter and just spout out. But the then facts. again, he, there was one. Time he starts ranting on every now and then about all sorts of things, and that's unfortunately to his detriment and uh, to the detriment of his public image. And that's the problem with. Um, with uh, Mr Catter So um, look I'm hoping that he'll be able to get back in Because he's also a very strong voice in the lower house for, um, for our rights So I'm hoping definitely I'm, Certainly I hope he can maybe hold the balance of power again Like he did with Gillard And Rudd unfortunately it was Oakshot and Windsor as well Involved at the time holding the yeah, balance but then of power
0: doesn't Bob Catter hold the balance of power in Queensland?
1: Uh, no, I
0: don't yeah, think no, so. No, I think he does. No, I think he does. I'm sure he does. No,
1: I think it's the uh, Ro- uh, Robbie Catter and uh, Shane Knuff from the Nationals. They, they hold it.
0: All right. Again, don't yeah. quote us on that, guys. I think
1: that is correct. But if you, if you think uh, we've made an error, that's fine. Uh, let us know, and we're happy to
0: correct, correct ourselves. Yeah, because I know, because remember, don't forget, Bob Catter was the final result when uh, Anastasia Palaszczuk wanted to actually get that uh legislation through for, you know, the nightlife, you know, lockout laws. Same no, as you're as talking New about Robbie, Robbie Keller. Was that Robbie Keller? Robbie Keller from National okay. All right. yeah. All right. yeah. Well, I didn't know that. All right, next one on the list, we've got a, on the federal election, Australian Shooters Journal... Uh, we've got the the Shooters and Fishers party now. I know uh, they're here today. The Shooters and Fishers party. Yep. Uh, so we might try and get one of those to come over. They've not, yeah sometimes been a bit less than, than keen to come on the Australian Hunting Podcast. Possibly. Well, not in know? the
1: past. In the past, they were very keen. So I'm hoping yeah. they can uh, they'll be able to swing around uh, while the show's have going and have a chat and say g'day. That will be great. I, yeah. think, I think Stephen Boyle is here um, this weekend, He's the uh, member, yeah, membership,
0: yeah. And campaign, or membership and campaign, membership and donations manager. Okay, the Shooters and Fishers Party. Shoot, I keep saying Shooters, Fishers Party. The Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Party, SFFP. It's so, it's so hard to get. Oh, it's a tongue twister. It's, the <laughs> it, largest. it's hard to
1: get used to, you know, because, we, because we've known them as the Shooters and Fishers Party for such a long time. It's hard to get used to that new name. So,
0: anyway. And I just apologize might mention, to mention, guys, Muzz has got his little. What is it? Conservation hunter, New South Wales, orange blaze I
1: got my, I got my blaze orange um, uh, conservation hunting uh, hat on, my cap. Which and is, and which you is know great.
0: what? No one annoyed me about Mario. Oh, I told him to bring the the shirt with the Australian Hunting Podcast logo on there. So what does he bring? Some stretched out Kmart T-shirt. <laughs> I forgot, <laughs> I forgot the shirt, Jason. sorry. Um, so here we go. The Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Place, the largest political organisation dedicated to protecting and furthering the rights of law-abiding firearms owners. No other party has delivered on a commitment to protecting shooters' rights like the SSFP. Uh, with five members in Parliament already serving in three different states, in 2016 there's a best chance to secure a Senate seat or two. Uh, check them out. They've got Ross Williamson running in WA and Andrew Skerritt running in WA as well. So these are the two people they've put on the Senate paper in this Australian Shooters Journal. So, I mean, check them out. Again, I've had some pre- – again, this is, this is the problem, guys, I've said before. It's hard to – because of a few interviews where they've been less than satisfactory by uh, the New South Wales state politicians in Brown and Borzac, uh what we need to do is – we also, too, yeah, that's not the whole party. So, we But what no, we exactly. like is a bit of uniformity. I mean, uniformity. the is
1: bigger than just two representatives. I mean, exactly, they, yeah. Exactly. So, you know, look, my, my hope is, uh, especially with the SFP, if they can get their first – if they can get their first representative up in the federal parliament, that would be great. Yeah. That would be fantastic for That'll us. Be, so, yeah. you know, another pro-gun voice. You know, but absolutely. What
0: this is what me and Muzz were talking about ages ago in regards to you know, consistency, uniformity. You know, you can't have people in, in one party saying a lot of different things throughout the country. They yeah. all need to be singing from the one song sheet, and, and, and that's what we need to be doing. So. I
1: mean, the fishing licence is a great example, or the fishing tax, I like to call it, Jason. I mean, the... Shooters and, fish and par- Fishers' Party support it in New South Wales, but in uh, Queensland they don't support it. So there's, you know, there's no consistency in their ideology, which is a bit, a bit worrying for me personally because I'd like to know what I'm voting for. Yep. You know, depending what state you're in or, you know, or say, for example, if I'm voting for the Shooters and Fishers' Party in Queensland, okay, they might not agree with a fishing licence or fishing tax now,
0: but are they going to agree with it tomorrow? How do, how do I know? Well, I don't know. Well, you know, that's the thing. So this, a, this is look, the problem. There's, there's been a lot of unrest about fishing licenses, especially, you know, Facebook. was seeing a lot of people actually questioning the – well, we call Jason, it fishing look, tax. Jason,
1: don't, don't call it a license, please.
0: <laughs> is it, it a tax? It's a tax, mate. Yeah. It's a tax. How can you ta- – It's, how, been... it's,
1: it's, it's how, government, how government takes away your birthright and then sells it back to you. That's what it comes down to. I know, you at, can't at even At the end get of the day, that's a what fish. it comes down to, mate. It, it's, it, you know, it's, it is your right as an Australian to use the waters – and to use them tax-free, cost-free. It is your right. And what the government have done, and with the support of the SFP, New South Wales, if, is they've, they've, they're charging you for that right. They're charging you to use that. And, um, you know, and and it's under the guise of, oh, well, we need to look after biodiversity and fish stocks and all that stuff. I mean, it's just complete nonsense. I know. So, anyway, a lot of people may not agree with me. That's fine. I'm happy to debate you, you know. I'm happy to debate you. Ring us up.
0: Ring us up. Come on the show. Send us a voicemail. Do whatever one of those things. And uh, if you've got something to add, you disagree, we're happy to hear your point of view, provided it's done in, you know, the right way. We're happy to have anyone on. Of course, of course. I mean, you know. In, in, this is one sticking point for me, and I'm very
1: passionate about, Jason. Fishing, fishing. Okay, fishing. We occupy less than 1%. We human beings, that is, occupy less than 1% of the entire coastline. Now, just think about that. Think about the size of Australia's coastline. And, I mean, there's a lot of breeding grounds there for fish and everything like that. We occupy less than 1% of the coastline. And that is somehow... And that's that's, like, the whole population, right? And out of that 1%, probably only... 10% of that 1% actually fish. Yeah, right. Okay? So we're supposed to somehow believe that 10% out of all the 1% of the land, 10% of people that occupy less than 1% of the entire coastline are somehow supposed to be doing irreparable damage to, or somehow, you know, some kind of uh, biological or ecological damage, to the, yeah. to the water it's just complete nonsense It's completely yep. ridiculous Let's
0: not talk too much About fishing We'll be here all day <laughs> Next one on the ASJ Strange Shooters Journal Is the Liberal Democrats Now the yep. Liberal Democrats Strongly support the right To own firearms For sporting Hunting Collecting And self defence Senator Lionhelm Leader of the Liberal Democrats Forced the government To put a time limit On the ban on imports Of the seven shot Adler shotgun Yep He withheld his support for legislation important to the government until the government buckled. Without this, a permanent ban would be in place today. Hard-nosed negotiations such as this need to protect your rights as a law-abiding shooter." Mars, what do you think about the the Liberal Democrats? I mean, I think there's been some quite interesting stuff coming out of the Liberal Democrats. As I said, we were very disappointed. I don't think we probably said how disappointed we were on the last show. Oh, we did. That David didn't go on the SBS Insight program because David is quite knowledgeable. He generally does very well in regards to gun stuff in the media. And normally, David has no problem getting into the media. We saw him with Borzak on the Sunrise program. Uh, We saw them. I mean, who else have we seen him with, Mars? We've seen him basically you know, basically everywhere, haven't we? Well, yes, um, he's been an unrelenting
1: but fighter, not fighter on of the freedom. But not on the Look, main
0: program we wanted I him am, to be
1: on. I am personally very disappointed with the SSAA and David Lionhelm for not fronting up on the SBS program because that was a great opportunity to for us to present a united front to finally tell John Howard to his face what a complete disgrace his gun laws really are. And I know that the show was painted in a way where it would have tried to paint us as you know loonies or you know villains whatever it might be but the more the more strong representation we would have got on that show, the better off we would have been. And um, and certainly, I'm very disappointed that didn't show up. I
0: certainly would have showed up if I was asked. Absolutely, 100%. I wouldn't have given up an opportunity like that. And let's not forget, while we're at the uh, SSAA Sydney AGM, Muzz did get up. I mean, after Bridget McKenzie spoke at the SSAA Sydney AGM, Muzz got up and asked a few questions. I, I, I could tell Muzz at the start was a little bit nervous. He was like, burr, 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 <laughs> like this. But eventually, he came good, and he started to find his feet. And he's get, it is difficult, guys, to call up radio stations. It is difficult to and
1: even stand um, up for me, especially stand up in front of a lot of people. I mean, that's uh, nerve wracking for me.
0: But the, but I think the more you do it, the more yeah. you do it, the better off you get at it. The better off you get at it. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, absolutely. So yeah, no, I wasn't. I wasn't scared to ask some questions, and uh, Bridget McKenzie did provide some answers. G'day, mate. How you going? I'm just saying g'day to some of the crowd here, Jason. At Huntfest, yeah. yeah. And yeah, they're so, starting to gather. There's quite a few crowds that yeah. are going through all the exhibits, which is fantastic.
0: Yeah, a lot of. You know what I'm seeing a lot here? A lot uh, of women. Oh, a lot of. Yes, a lot but of a ladies. Maybe, maybe they're with their boyfriends. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Which they, is, which is maybe for me love, as a single man is somewhat
1: disappointed. <laughs> 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 no, maybe they're here
0: checking out all the hunting gear. There's a lot of girls love yeah, hunting, Yeah, They do. So they love good. their hunting, they love their shooting, they love their bow hunting, they yep. love their fishing. Uh, they love their t- pistol shooting. They just love it all. Yeah. Next one, Muzz, the Australian Motoring Enthusiast Party. A lot of you guys heard me uh, on my previous show. I've already interviewed Ricky and Me and Ricky had a great chat off the air. I really like Ricky. I think, but I think he deserves a spot there. Again, are there minor philosophical disagreements? But I think I think also he's come around, Mario, quite well. Because when I, when I spoke about self-defense on the first episode we did, yeah. which I think was in the early 100, 100 somewhere around there, Uh, He he was a little bit hesitant, but now that we had a chat on the show, he realised I wasn't going to attack him. He realised that, you know, I was just like him. I'm a hunter and shooter that just does a show. I'm not here to make him look bad. And uh, I I quite like what he had to say. And we did chat off the air, probably I think for about probably, I don't know, 45 minutes. And uh, very, very interesting talking to Ricky. He made his, I mean, even Ricky's actually voted on legislation, which would most likely do him out of a job. They'll basically do him out of a job. Pretty much, uh, yeah. You're right, Jason. So he's a man of
1: principle, so we can see that. You know, and uh, Rick, boy, he's Some people say he's a yeah. bit more
0: socialistic. He's, he's a bit more, you know, something for nothing, socialist-type tendencies. But, I mean, you know, he's pro-gun. I mean, does he deserve a spot in the – I mean, he put an Adler video out that pretty much went viral. I mean, he had like – I think it's had like 500,000 views now. Yeah. And uh, he went on a few uh, media outlets. He went on Neil Mitchell's 3AW. He was on TV. I mean, just recently he was talking to Andrew Bolt on The Bolt Report.
1: Oh, he's been very you vocal. Know. Yeah, he's been very for vocal, 30, Minutes
0: and yeah. he's come a long way. And actually, going. Andrew
1: Bolt himself said that he actually really likes Ricky Muir. He's, yeah. he's starting to really warm to Ricky Muir. So, you'll yeah. probably get a vote from Andrew for sure. But uh, look, good on to double for putting Ricky inside the AS, ASJ magazine and the Australian Motoring Enthusiast Party. Uh, so, yeah, Ricky Muir, he's a strong supporter of gun rights um, and also a strong supporter of all you guys who love four wheel driving, love your cars, love hotted up cars and four wheel drives and all that stuff. So, you know, allowing more access. To, um, to areas where you can drive your four-wheel drives and so on. So Ricky knows all about that. So he's a very strong supporter in regards to that.
0: Yeah, next one, Australian Country Party. You guys know I interviewed um, Rob Danielli from the Australian Country Party the Australian country party, formerly ACP, the country, sorry, support country. The country party supports the government and police in eradicating the community of illegal firearms and eliminating illegal firearms usage. However, we will staunchly defend the rights of licensed firearms owners. The separation of legally held firearms and their owners from the criminal misuse of firearms is both logical and imperative. So there's a picture here with Dr. Julian Fidge. He's the electorate of Indy in Victoria. Indy. 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 I thought Indiana Jones, you know, something like that. But, um, yeah, you, know, you guys know I interviewed him. I did have some minor philosophical disagreements on on uh, registration. Uh, he said it sort of wasn't onerous, and I mean, I, whilst I agree, I mean, registration is not extremely onerous, right? Now, yeah, hear, but, hang yeah, on, hear yeah. me. Here, but it's a complete waste of money, and that money could go to a lot of other things. So, to me, that's really is a big policy of mine. If you're not advocating for the removal of registration yep. uh, vocally and in the media and on your website and you know all those avenues. Yeah, well, see, so to, a a to, to
1: say that something is not onerous and it's not a big deal, well, that's not a great reason to keep it. Um, exactly. You know, <laughs> you've got to have a, a lot more substantial evidence uh, to be able to you know keep certain legislation in, and, and to say that, okay, this is effective, it's working, it's doing this and whatever, and just to say, oh, well, it's not a big deal, it's not onerous, I mean, that's just not, that's just not good enough. Uh, uh, you know, If it's not working, if it's a big waste of money, if there's no great public benefit, uh, get rid of it. That's that's exactly how I feel about it. It's exactly how Jason feels about it. I mean, yeah. as you know, New Zealand, Canada, abolish registration. serves no practical purpose, and just just because it's not so onerous, I mean, oh, I believe it is onerous to be honest, Jason. I mean, sending your PTA in and then you know getting your forms and then but the the fact that
2: yeah, regi- true, well don't true. forget, don't
1: forget, it's registration. Its registration is the reason why the police come and check your, check your firearms and they uh, invade your privacy and so on. I mean, yeah. that, that's the reason There's they do it. Out I, mean, there I, I, think, oh. I
0: think that's onerous. Yeah, people say, <laughs> oh, I don't mind police coming to my house. Oh, it's not a big deal. Well, you know, I don't, I don't mind them really coming to my house too. But the funny thing was, I told you that. I've told this story on the podcast before when I had a guy actually turn up at my house. He was a nice guy. He saw my army photo in the garage. He started talking about that. Yep. And I could see his demeanour. Uh, really did actually change His demeanour changed quite considerably And he goes Oh you would have liked the last guy's uh, stash You know basically he, was, he didn't tell me exactly what guns he had But he goes Oh he had a great collection and this And yep. I thought Well you know, what's, he, what's he telling his uh, What's he telling his friends Down at the local pub About my collection Then he told me about a guy He went upstairs He said you know Where's the pistol Oh it's upstairs And he goes Well it's, in, it's, probably, it's probably in a safe So he walked upstairs He ended up pulling it out of his sock drawer His underwear drawer He had a Glock <laughs> on top of his underwear
1: Ah, uh, funny stuff, you know. But look, um, uh, all that all that funny stuff aside, Jason. At the end of the day, what do they look, say? hang police... on. What do they
0: say? They say um, uh, laws through education, not regulation.
1: Correct. You and uh, while we look, why we look, like to trust the police, we always have to remember they're just people like anyone else, and they're not infallible. Yep. And uh, exactly, you know, yep. there's always problems within the police department, especially with, to do with corruption or uh, misinformation and so on. So. Look, uh, the less people that know about your firearms, the better, the and better. that includes the registration. And police, we're going to read up
0: some of those co- comments today too. We've got lots of screenshots, so we'll go on again. Sorry, I must cut you off because we've got to, right? We're at Hunt Fest, guys. we are going to be interviewing actual people as well. Uh, this one is actually family first. We know Bob Day now. I don't know. I spoke to David Leinhelm about this, and he says uh, Bob is a fairly big supporter of firearms, and would yeah, vote, him, yeah. vote him on, on, on all, all legislation in regards to firearms. Yep. So, uh, And fam- it's
1: good, Jason, because SSWA recognised this, and that's why they put it in the ASJ
0: magazine. Yeah, Family First supports the vital role that recreational and commercial shooters, farmers, and other landholders play in backing sustainability, land care, and native wildlife, particularly through culling, sporting shooting, and the eradication of pest species. Now, I don't know about this because... He hasn't really, from what I've seen, mentioned self-defence. I've got to go through its entirety, guys. Um, But, you know, I mean, family first. I mean, if he votes with David, he's already in Parliament. I mean, Muzz, I don't want to say who you're going to vote for. Would family first, would they be in your top six? I would say yes. Um,
1: Look, Bob Day is a fantastic um, representative. He's all, he's a he's a small uh, small government, low taxes kind of guy, which is which is I love. I I just can't stand more, any more interference into our lives by government. We have some of the biggest government in per capita in the world here in Australia. I mean, we employ what 1.8 million something public servants. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. Where's all this money coming from? No wonder we're going broke. And I mean, we need more people like Bob Day in in Parliament to advocate for smaller government, lower taxes. And Bob Day, he's got he's got a lot of American friends. He's got a lot of American influence behind him he's um yeah he, i mean he was if he was in america he'd be a republican uh, essentially um and so you know <laughs> he's, a strong, he's a strong supporter of gun rights it's... bob day he, I, you know he um i don't think he says it enough publicly but he is a very strong supporter of gun rights bob day is and uh he's a very good friend of david lionelms of course and they vote pretty much uh, exactly the same in parliament uh obviously there are differences in in social uh policy whereas you know uh, david lionelm does support um a lot of that um Um, you know, liberating drug laws and uh, gay rights where Bob Day does not. He's a lot more conservative in terms of those sort of things. But uh, either way, they they both stand for... Low taxes, smaller government,
0: more rights for people, more liberty, which is exactly what this country needs. I know. When, when they said family first, I was actually quite surprised because I thought for sure this is going to be, you know, very socialistic, more money for families. Socialist, <laughs> socialistic's I know, but, not a word, Jason. Okay, Socialist. So, okay, more social issues, more money for, for doing nothing. Socialist issues. Socialist issues. But surprisingly, he's not. He's very it's totally the opposite more no no m- lower taxes more money in family pockets Very more, interesting. more
1: personal responsibility you know be- better industry for, uh, for Australia for Australians I mean uh, what's his motto his motto is a job and a house for every Australian
0: yeah now, the next one is um, is this John Madigan I think it's John Madigan there's no picture of him but the Democratic Labour Party statement yeah, I don't know much about the DLP. No, me either. There's LDP, DLP, LNP, MEP. There's a lot of acronyms.
1: <laughs> oh, mate, don't forget this year's election paper for the for the upper house, is uh,
0: for the Senate, sorry. Yeah. It's going to be as long as a tablecloth, Jason, as long as one of your signs. <laughs> Let's go. This one, the, De- the Democratic Labor Party has policies supporting competition shooting, recreational shooting, hunting for food and culling pests. Many of our DLP executives are shooters and others support the sport in all its forms. Yep. So, again, not really a mention of self-defence. I've got to go through it properly again, guys. Uh, But again, reading through it here, I'm not seeing anything in regards to self-defence. They support hunting for personal food, though, for, you know, hare, duck, quail, kangaroo, etc. You know, culling pests, they support the Farmer Assist Program and uh, the removal of law-abiding licensed firearms from CrimTrack Database. I think that's important, too. There's a lot of talk about the CrimTrack Database, and there's now over 1 million. Uh, they said 1.9 million, I think, uh, some time ago, but that's found out not to be true. Apparently, there's just over 1.1 million now. I mean, this is a huge voice, a huge mon- it might be a minority voice, yeah. but it's a huge minority uh, voice. Look,
1: look, it's a, it's very important. This, I mean, the idea that gun owners are on the track database, I mean, it's preposterous, it's ridiculous, it's insulting. And uh, to be honest, and look, so okay, so we're on the on the uh, firearms registry, we're on the track database, we're on. Uh, on the books of most gun shops, um, every time you buy ammo in New South Wales, you've got to leave your details. My God, I mean, look, seriously, you just might as well give out everyone pamphlets to all your personal details. The amount of people have got your details. Yeah. It's unbelievable. No wonder, no wonder, you know, like certain, in certain areas, you know, guns are getting stolen and, you know, there's a spate of crime every now and then. And, you know, it's yeah. just ridiculous. Though, all this information out there for people to be able to manipulate, steal, whatever. Uh, give to the wrong sources I mean it just puts us in enormous enormous danger puts your family in
0: danger and it shouldn't be like that go on Jase. yeah next one we've got um, Pauline Hanson's One Nation now I don't think I mean I think Pauline previously has been a big supporter Uh, of firearms now it says the massacre at Port Arthur on April 28 1996 was the linchpin for the Howard government to implement strict gun control the buyback of almost 700,000 guns cost Australian taxpayers over 500 million the forced buyback was indiscriminate netting relics family heirlooms prized possessions sadly they were handed over and the same price as worthless firearms and those surrendered uh, them were given a few hundred dollars the reality is only the honest that handed in their guns in not the criminals so uh, you know, very interesting guys. I mean, against yep. Pauline Hanson's One Nation, she's not opposed to gun control, but does oppose taking guns by stealth from law-abiding uh, Australians. Guns have always been a part of our culture, and we're instrumental in defence of our country uh, during World War Two. So I mean, you know, I mean, they've got an okay policy. Again, I don't think they're going to advocate. They're not going to advocate I, I don't, to go I don't out think, there I don't and think, take your guns. Uh, look,
1: I don't think One Nation. Um, uh know too much about firearm laws, I'll be honest with you. I think Pauline Hanson's obviously um, has a, a different agenda, which is, uh, I guess, protecting the uh, jobs of Australians, uh, I guess her anti-Islamisation uh, policy and so on. I don't think they really know enough about firearms, to be honest. So, But I think they know enough to not want to vote for any more restrictions. That's my feeling with, um, with One Nation, and it's pretty much the same for ALA and, and, and those parties as well. Yep. Uh, look,
0: Inten- and you've heard all the interviews we've done, guys. As I said before on a previous show, the ALA didn't really have a huge policy. Um, you know, Some people criticise me for not going hard on them, but I already knew their policy prior to going into the interview, so I didn't, it didn't make absolute any sense to me to continue to hammer them on the show, already knowing what their policy was. It yep. was to give you the information. I mean, if, you, if you're a supporter of ALA, give them a call. Help them out. Yeah, um, yeah I'm absolutely. Just looking at these signs, mate. These signs, and these banners are unbelievable, mate. <laughs> Adam and Action Paintball, great job. Because uh, go, guys were live here at Hunt Fans, just doing a straight shooting podcast, um, and we just totally went off track. We had comments that turned into basically our federal election two thousand sixteen <laughs> did, uh, discussion on the parties. I just, just realised that.
1: I just realised that.
0: <laughs> so we're going to go into the next comment. All right, guys. Next one comes. I'm not sure if I've read this one. Now this one's from Keith Ferrugia. Now Keith, if you're listening, mate, probably. Fantastic, fantastic email. G'day, Keith. He goes, hi, Jason. Just wanted to say what a great job you're doing with the podcast. I'm consumed by it. I was listening to your interview with Peter Whelan at the end when you asked him what his favorite firearms are, and he said he loved his Remington 1100, and he also had his father's 1100 as well. It brought a tear to my eye, remembering my father handing in his 1100 in 1996 in the buyback. My mum bought that shotgun for my dad when he was born in 1973. Ah. She ordered over the phone and it was delivered to our house when we lived in Toronto, Canada. That Remington was used to hunt geese, ducks, pheasants, and grouse by my dad. The shotgun would have been 44 years old this year, but now it's gone. I have become more active now in our fight for our rights since listening to your podcast, and maybe one day we can get our firearms back. Uh, Thank you for your hard work in the podcast and fighting fighting for our rights back. Keith. I'm not Excellent. sure I've read that one before. It's, it, it was a couple no, of months so. ago. No. It was in February. So, Keith, if we if we absolutely forgotten it, we're really extremely sorry. Our apologies, mate. Our apologies. We don't tend to want to do that. Sometimes we just get so many emails. I've got a few folders here on my, on my phone where I put them all in a folder so I know exactly what they do. Uh, so, again, mate, thanks very, very much for that uh, email. We do appreciate it.
3: Drop everything. The SSAA Shot Expo is coming, showcasing the shooting industry's commitment to ethical hunting and conservation. With safety seminars, workshops and gun dog demonstrations, an indoor shooting range, activities for children, prizes for the whole family. The SSAA Shot Expo just keeps getting bigger. Rose Hill Racecourse Sydney, June 25th and 26th. Supported by Swarovski, Winchester and ATN Night Vision. Book online or pay on the day. Visit shotexpo.com.au.
4: For everything Bushnell, go to Red Fox Outdoor Supplies online store. For a full range of Bushnell rifle scopes, rangefinders, binoculars, night vision, spotting scopes, and hobbies gun cleaning products, visit redfoxoutdoorsupplies.com.au or call Greg on 0415 495 712. Red Fox Outdoor Supplies, the only real choice for Bushnell hunting equipment.
3: G'day, Turbo here from the Noob Spiro podcast where we talk all things spearfishing. So if you love your hunting and you love your fishing, you're going to love spearfishing as well. So check us out at the Noob Spiro podcast or visit us online at noobspero.com. Hey, one
4: of the awesome experiences that you can have when you are in the water and that's why I started spearfishing. Don't overcomplicate your gear, don't go dotting dressed up like a Christmas tree. <laughs>
5: it's a whole new world and it's mysterious,
0: it's magical. Beats the shit out of knitting anyway. Oh yeah. All right, just, we just got back over here at Huntfest again, and we're talking to Patrick. He's here, uh young fella. Patrick, how old are you, mate? I'm
5: 12.
0: Yeah, 12, mate, the best age. Do you go hunting with your dad?
5: Uh, yeah, a bit. All right. And we do um, Bermagoo Field and Game once a month. Wow. What do, you,
0: what do you do at Field and Game? What do you do there?
5: Uh, it's pretty much just clay target oh, shooting yeah? for the whole day.
0: We'd got on pretty well, Patrick. I like my clay target shooting. What do you shoot? Down the line? Do you shoot skeet? Do you shoot the sporting clays? Uh, the field, and, field game? and game? Oh, your field and game, yeah. We've got one up in Sydney, which uh, I've shot a couple of times, which is actually pretty exciting. Are you pretty good? Did Dad buy your 12-gauge, or you just use Dad's? Or
5: uh, I use his. I haven't actually started yet, yeah. but I'm thinking about shooting half a day this month. What
0: about what about hunting? Do you do any hunting with Dad, or just do you, any clay target shooting, or what?
5: Uh, I go hunting with him a bit about, well, we... We're going to, he was going to go a few weeks ago for, well, last week for some deer, but yeah. it was too wet, so. Yeah, it was wet.
1: Have you, you shot any rabbits, Patrick?
5: Uh, yeah. Yeah,
1: a couple of foxes, and you know how to whistle foxes in?
5: Uh, I've made, um, shotgun, the fox whistles out of shotgun shells. Oh,
1: oh, really? Yeah, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, very clever. I mean, Patrick's uh, one of the many kids that are going through uh, Huntfest this weekend and uh, some of the young keen hunters that we've seen here at the show, which is fantastic. And uh, we certainly hope a lot more, lot more young kids like Patrick come through. Patrick,
0: do you do a little bit of fishing too?
5: Oh, uh, yeah, we we'll go fishing a bit.
0: Yeah? Hey, speaking of that, where do you come from? Are you live here in Marimbula?
5: Uh, in Marimbula.
0: Oh, Marimbula, yeah, not too oh. far away. Um, what's the crowds like around here? We've been sitting here. crowds been pretty good. A lot of people here. Yeah, yeah. over the
5: other side, there's like a big block, and you can't get through. Yeah, right. So you got to walk around this side. And, yeah, what,
1: right. and what do you think of Huntfest, Patrick? Here in room? Do, do you love it that it's coming here every year, and it's a, it's a yearly event, and people come around and uh, uh, enjoy the exhibits, and a uh, really good time here at Huntfest?
5: Yeah, it's really good. This is the third year that yeah. me and my family have come.
0: Yep. Yeah. What is um uh does does what about mum? Does mum do any hunting?
5: Uh, she hasn't been out with the shares, ah. but she tries. Your <laughs> dad's goes not to trying hard hand. enough, Patrick.
0: <laughs> He's not trying hard enough, old dad. Um, what about you got any uh, brothers or sisters?
5: Um, I've got a sister.
0: What is she, does she like it? Nah, she's a she, bit. She, she don't will, like getting out in the bullshit. She bush got her
5: or? license and then she never done it.
0: Ah, oh, okay. No. She's 26 now. You oh, got she's, a twi- oh well, she's a bit older than you then. You yeah. got a couple of young uh,
1: young mates, uh, Patrick, that go-, go hunting with you?
5: Uh, I've got a friend who goes hunting with a, um, bow. I've got, I know someone that goes to my school, Eden High, and his family pop used to go hunting with him all the time, but... Recently he passed away Oh okay no, yeah.
0: Mate what's it like I mean you, you live around I mean you you live in Eaton, Where do you live Marimbula? Yeah, And you go to Eden What's it like mate? We, we're from the big city We're from Sydney So we're traffic everywhere And stuff like that So what's it like Living in these rural Sort of areas on the coast Mate you must have A pretty good life Living this close to the water
5: oh, It's much better You go, go to the beach Just about every weekend During summer
1: yeah, yeah, really. I bet. Yeah. I bet You guys must love bodyboarding, eh? And uh, do a little bit of swimming
0: and that. Yeah, Very good, mate. Sounds like a lot of fun. What, what do you want to do in the future? What's your plan as you get older? You want to do more clay target shooting? You want to get into more hunting? What, what's your plan? You, what, what, what do you want to do? What interests you?
5: Uh, the next shoot at Birmingham, I'm going to shoot half a day.
0: Yep. Is that clay target? Yeah. Is it down the line? What sort of discipline? Oh, no, field and game. Sorry, yeah. my apologies. Yeah, field and game. That's really enjoyable when you walk from. Stand to stand, isn't it? And you can yeah. actually, it's almost like mini golf, really, isn't it, basically? I yeah, mean it's different. Yeah, it's actually like mini golf. So, um, you know, that's no, pretty exciting, mate. Um, what, what, what's one species if you go hunting again? What are you really looking forward to actually hunting? What what sort of animals? You know, foxes, deer, what do you want to get? What's pigs, your favourite? wild pigs. Yeah, pig. We want
5: to get a deer soon. Yeah? We went, we went hunting a few, well, not a few weeks ago, probably a couple of months ago, and we went out after roos and rabbits, if we seen right. any. We got a couple of roos, and we're walking back, and this guy put out a pig trap, and the dog that was with us, he took off down the hill. He started barking, (laughs) so we chased after him. He's running around the cage barking at this pig.
1: Oh, very good. Wow, good stuff, good Good stuff. Excellent, mate. Well, listen, Patrick, thank you very much for joining us today. You've been been an absolute uh, joy, mate. Excellent.
0: Yep, thanks very much, mate. Thank you. All right, guys, we've got a voicemail. We're going to play a uh, voicemail here from Declan. This is an interesting one. It's about gun lube. Actually, I suppose we haven't had stuff about have we, Muzz, about you know, gun lube and stuff like that. So we, uh, yep. we'll we we'll hear from Declan. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not sure if I've played this before. I don't think we have, but you'll hear from Declan right now.
1: Yeah, how are you going, guys? My name's Declan, and I've just recently come across your show. I just absolutely love it. <laughs> I've only I've only just dropped my gun license like, uh, since November last year. So I've only had it for a short amount of time, but in that time I've got two guns already in my name. And uh yeah, I've got an old Bruno ZKW four six five, little bolt action twenty two, and I've got a Winchester model ninety four and thirty thirty. Well my uh, main question for you guys is that what uh gun load do you use? Because um I know that Jason's got me on Facebook. Wouldn't doubt that he's seen my gun videos of me shooting that thirty thirty. I'm just uh wondering about what download would you use, so but yeah, like awesome show guys, just keep it up, and yeah, like keep make good uh contributions to uh the shooting society.
0: all right, guys, you just heard from Declan now Mars. <laughs> okay me and Mars. Well, two, two different sides of the yeah, fence. Yeah, we're, we're two different sides of the fence, and I'll and I'll tell you why. Mario did, generally does very little gun cleaning. Nah, uh, zero. Uh, yeah, nothing. he does basically zero gun cleaning. Uh, he's got more rust on him than you know, like a, the, one of the you know, Pasha Balkas out in Sydney oh, come Harbour. Come on,
1: give me a break. They don't have that rust. Okay, they don't.
0: <laughs> it's actually not that. The bad. The Pasha Balk. <laughs> it's got. A, it's got a. But no, oh, basically, geez. all I use. I mean, there's there's two different things that I use. I used to use all the products you know G96 hoppies etc 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 all my lubricant anti rust all I'm using is the uh, Lanox or Lanatech products so Lanox or Lanatech they also make the Inox product the Lanatech is the lanolin from sheep's wool so I use that sort of stuff as well uh, I use that in the bore I use that on the guns and some of my guns are now I think 5 years they're now 5 years old and they haven't got a single speck of rust on them so that's what I use for lube and, and cleaning sometimes with shotgun stuff uh, you can actually make one uh, called Ed's Red Formula. Now, it's got like ATF, Dexron, 3 for Just look it up on the internet, um, uh, Ed's Red Formula. It comes up. It's cheap to make in about four litres. It'll cost you about $20. Great as a cleaning product and, uh, you know, fantastic because it's actually got the, the transmission oil. So that actually acts as a lubricant and a cleaner as well. So it does both. I mean, guys used to put uh, pistols in their ultrasonic cleaner Yep. pull them apart because they'd use water they'd pull them apart in three years they'd have rusted like you wouldn't believe but now they use the Ed's Red formula to actually in their ultrasonic cleaner which actually if, if, the, if it does get into the middle of the parts it's not going to do any damage because it's got the the def, ATF Dexron 3 automatic transmission fluid as lube so tip for you there guys Lanatech and Lanox also Inox is also another good product actually too Inox I use that on the outside just get one of those microfiber towels drench it in Inox and Lanox put it in a ziplock bag and that actually does a pretty good job. And so, where can you get
1: those stuff, Jason? Yeah, any, can, any of our sponsors supply those things?
0: Oh, you can sometimes. BCF sell Lanox, but I don't think they do anymore. Lanitech you can get from certain places, buy it off the internet. I buy it in actually five-litre bottles because, one, it's cheaper. It's about $80 or $75, 80 uh, and you get five litres. You can use it on your car, or you can use it you know, I spray it underneath my car, stop under the car from rusting, and all the leaf springs from going bad. Boat trailers, boat winches, yeah, yeah. J- heaps J- of stuff. Jason's
1: pretty fanatic, yeah, fanatical see. with his anti-rust uh, <laughs> Regime. Oh,
0: I hate, listen, <laughs> rust to me. There's only two things that are going to take you, you know, bad for guns, you know, politicians and rust.
1: Well, listen, um, yeah, that's right. But look, um, uh, Declan, I, I use nothing. <laughs> I, oh, well, not exactly so what do you nothing.
0: do if it actually starts shooting bad?
1: Oh, well, it hasn't started shooting bad. I mean, most of my guns, I pretty much run a bit of gun oil through them once a year, if that. And I've got a little brush, uh, which I uh, use to get all the dust and dirt out of all the little... Uh, inkly bits, the little uh, corners of the gun and all all little uh, tiny bits of the rifle that you can't get to and uh, I pretty much uh, uh, get a little rag uh, and put some oil on the gun oil and I just give it a bit of a wipe uh, with gun oil and that's pretty much it. That's pretty much my whole cleaning regime. I don't fuss over them too much. I just put them in a safe and I've got a couple of those... um, uh, beads uh, bead, bead bags in the safe to collect all the moisture whatever yes, moisture it might be speaking yeah. of that,
0: I do have in mind one of those you know golden rods you can buy them from the shop they're yeah. one of those little rods that actually uh, heat up they actually those little golden rods actually heat up to I think about 3 or 4 watts something like that yeah. you can get different lengths and what it actually do it displaces the air in the safe so the higher the temperature you don't get any condensation and any moisture so yeah. those golden rods look them up on the internet I'm very finicky with uh, Jason's very fussy he knows all the products I mean I've seen
1: <laughs> in his bathroom. He's got a lot of products in there. <laughs> um, <laughs>
0: what products? I've got,
1: got hair gel and deodorant. That's about it. Well, listen... Um Look, I, I'm not very big into gun cleaning, I, I admit
0: it. Um, yeah, that's why they've got I'm rust <laughs> on them, mate. You know, have, haven't that? you seen <laughs> Which one? <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> I don't know. Look, I've seen seem- one of them that had blooming and it's got a fair bit of rust on oh, it. Look,
1: I've got an, uh, the old Mossberg shotgun, which I've got, which has got a little bit of surface rust on it, but not too much. And it's not something that uh, can't be managed. Look, I, don't, I only put um, just basic gun oil on my guns with a rag. Uh, I don't go too fussy on them. I put them in a safe. And the main, the key thing I think with gun cleaning, you just got to make sure you keep the moisture off the rifles
0: and keep moisture out of your safe. Yeah, but and, fingerprints and too, oils yeah, and stuff too. that's what I mean, moisture, moisture. And that's, moisture, why, yeah, I, that's yeah. why I've got, I think I've got an old scope rag, and it's got that many different oils in it, it's got that many different things in it, and then all I do is keep it in a Ziploc bag, and I wipe the gun down the scope, you know, run the barrel, and once a year, normally twice a year, depending, I normally take the stock off my rifles. Yeah. It's only two little bolts, it's easy done. Spray the bottom off and give them a wipe, because don't forget, you can't really get around the barrel when it's actually coming underneath the stock, plus your action, give yeah. it a bit of spray look, with some uh, inox. Look, I'm
1: not, I'm not that fussy, I, I may be the barrel once a year when i go to the range i run a uh, a rag through it and uh, you know a brush through it and that's pretty much it and we'll put some oil through it and that's it and i just have a look make sure it's okay make sure there's no scar scarring or scoring in there uh, you know inside the barrel whatever it might be and uh and I-, I don't really have too much of an issue with it i don't i don't fuss around too much with my rifles i so- I don't, uh, I guess, I don't, I'm not trying to preserve them, I guess, uh, to last forever. It's just like that. I mean, I J- Jason, when Jason's on the other side of the fence. He, he worships, worships his guns. His,
0: his I reckon gun. when Muzz, his son, or he hands down those guns to his son, he's going to go, I don't want these. Yeah, the, these are no good. Oh, well, I mean, it's
1: up to him if he wants them or not. Uh, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not really too fast on them, but like, a lot of people do love to take care of their rifles, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, a lot of people, um, you know, run all sorts of products for them and keep them in pristine condition. I think, to be honest, um, if you are in the field and if you if you're too much fuss over your guns is no good because you're always watching oh i know that i scratch my rifle where do i put it there whatever you know you're, just, you're not is really that like me
0: yeah like you Jason. <laughs> anyway know. declan mate thanks for the uh, voicemail really really appreciate it um you know two of us from two different avenues here one's a bit of a safe queen and a drama queen like me and then you've got muz who's uh, the cl- complete opposite so thanks for the voicemail mate appreciate it all right we're just going to go on to our first bit yeah, let's, of news. Yeah, so let's do the news yeah we're here at hunt fest again it's really crowding up now it's about lunchtime. And I'll tell you what, Jason,
1: hasn't the time gone away from oh, us? We've, we've been, been chatting, talking to, chatting people. to people all the time and saying day and there's a lot of people here, and
0: it's a fantastic event. We didn't think so, we'd be so busy. We thought we'd do a straight shooting, we're going to actually interview people and stuff like that. And the time's um, flown. time's flown. We're getting, our bellies are getting hungry, but <laughs> all right, Mars, I'm going to go on to the first one. And this one is uh, from the Weekly Times. It was published on the 9th uh, of the 6th. Now, it says, um, bring bunny gun back. This is Webbs Webster, the Weekly Times. Sorry, it's actually May 27, 2016. Uh, Victoria's shooters want their bunny gun back. The Combined Firearms Council of Victoria says, 22 calibre self-loading rifles off the market for 20 years since Port Arthur gun reforms should have never been included in the bans. Uh, the repeating twenty twos were a great thing for farmers and rabbit shooters who wanted to be able to take out four or five rabbits in quick succession," Council President Bill Patterson said. So, I mean, mate, great news. Is a picture of a fellow here with his little uh, twenty-two Ruger. Yep. Uh, I mean, what do you think? I mean, I, I agree with that hundred percent. I mean, there's nothing. I mean, mean, all
1: semiautos. All semi-autos. I mean, it's
0: not. You know, not just a rabbit gun. All of them. So yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. All right. Next one. Uh, this is an interesting one. This is why we talk about guys about. Uh, fishing licenses constantly and stuff like that. I mean, this is a major issue. Uh, Fishing ban push slam. Now, this is Chris McLennan. The Weekly Times again, June 9, 2016. Now it says, questions have been asked of the Victorian Parliament over proposals to ban recreational fishing. Shooters and (laughs) Fishers Party MP Jeff Borman said the Victorian government needed to stand by its fishing community. Other than proving that the animal livers are extremists, that really will stop at nothing to further their cause. It is also an opportunity for the government to uh, restate its position on the issue and give the fishers of this state some comfort, Mr Borman said. Uh, Well, like I said, guys, this is actually what happens when you actually have, you know, a fishing licence and you pay money to the government and they eventually try and lock you out of exactly what you're paying to use. Uh, You know, what more can we say? We are staunch opposed to the the, the fishing tax. Uh, There should be no fishing tax. People want to go out there, hunt, shoot and fish. Uh, Again, you know, when you're hunting in a forest, we understand licensing because people are carrying firearms. Uh, When you've actually got things, you know, carrying a fishing pole, uh, I think it's your right to go out and fish for a feed without needing some sort of license. I think it's ridiculous. We don't know where the money goes. Uh, some of well, these it goes groups... into
1: consolidated revenue and gets used for all sorts of greens programs
0: yeah. as well, Jason. And, and some mean, of these things
1: that and, they've and, actually... And, and other programs that you, you, you may or may not approve of. I mean, it's just a disgrace. It should be abolished. I mean, any kind of license to, to be able to cast a line in the water is completely ridiculous unless, of course, it's a, there is a delicate ecosystem involved, like, for example, a particular lake where fish numbers are limited, okay, fine. You may want to have some regulation on that particular lake. Um, but to have a blanket fishing licence,
0: uh, rubbish, complete rubbish. Yeah, Maz has got one there too. What you've got over there looks like lobby... Yeah, so
1: here we go. This is from the Illawarra Mercury um, on the 6th ni- uh, of the 9th. 9th of the 6th, sorry, uh, 2016. So lobby angst at gun website. Ugh. The gun control lobby has called for a new firearms trading website to be shut down by police, questioning its legality and saying it normalises guns. Well, Jason, we do not want to no, normalise guns. Those My bad gun. guns. Jesus. The website run by the Sporting Shooters Association of Australia was launched this week and offers a one-stop shop for people to legally... <laughs> and it says legally and safely purchase new and secondhand firearms oh, no. and firearms accessories from the comfort of their <laughs> own homes oh. or out in the field. Oh, geez. Heaven forbid. Heaven forbid you should be able to buy firearm parts and guns in the comfort of your own home. So anyway, so that's what they're saying. They're saying selling guns is not the same as selling golf clubs. And they're talking about the SSAA new website, uh, gun sales, yep. SSAA gun sales, which are... Fantastic addition to double SAA. I really think that's a great move yeah, by them. But
0: I said to Mario I don't know what this is actually gonna do. I know it's a good thing for members, say, but I mean there's already yep. several websites out there that already pick up the, the the market of used and used firearms. I mean, you know, uh credit. Well, so I've, I've got no no issues
1: whatsoever with the double S double A. having their own website to be able to promote gun sales. Absolutely no none at all. That's fine. It's, it's, you know, if people don't want to use it, they don't have to use it, Jason. No one's forcing them to use it. So, I mean, you know, more, more avenues to be able to sell and buy and sell your firearms is great, I think.
4: More and more Australians are being locked out of the bush and the beach. Campers, four-wheel drivers, hunters, fishers and other groups are being excluded from public land or forced to suffer more locked gates. Senator David Lionhelm from the Liberal Democrats has spoken out strongly against these closures and fights for access for all. Visit ldp.org.au. The Liberal Democrats. More freedom, less government.
3: Do you have dull, blunt or badly sharpened knives that couldn't skin a cat? At Scary Sharp, we use a multi-step grinding system and will hand sharpen your blades to a precise edge. Our process of sharpening knives will have your blade splitting hairs for a surprisingly low cost. Not only do we sharpen knives, but we also sharpen scissors, clippers, garden tools, arrowheads, axes or anything that holds an edge. We are located close to Canberra and we also have a mail-in service. Visit Scary Sharp on Facebook
1: or call Bob on 0410 432 852 and find
3: out how we can meet your sharpening needs. Scary Sharp. If it cuts, we can sharpen it.
1: Do you hunt deer and want to learn the correct techniques for a quality wall mount and premium eating venison? SSAA Sydney Branch provides hunter education courses to help you become a better hunter and to utilise harvested game in the most effective way possible. Course content includes gutting, butchering and caping from experienced hands-on instructors using locally harvested deer. There is no gear required and also includes a barbecue lunch. Courses are held every first Sunday of each month with an 8am sign-in for a a 9am start. Course running time is approximately 6 hours and the venue is Silverdale Rifle Range. Cost is $50 per person, so call Andy Mellon at Silverdale Rifle Range on 024653 1440 or visit SSAA Sydney.net.
0: This one's an interesting one I've got here, uh, Vision Released. Now, this, this came out of Queensland, very interesting one. Now, sometimes I know police do do, do a hard job, it's quite difficult. Uh, it's This one is from, again, the abc.net.au. Uh, and this one is from ABC News, a police officer, video released of police officer pulling gun on speeding motorists in outback Queensland. The ABC has p- obtained exclusive footage of the moment a senior constable pulled a gun on a motorist caught speeding in the outback Queensland. The video is part of a collection of clips tended to a civil hearing before a judge in the Supreme Court. Uh, the video shows Flanagan trying to use his horn to pull a driver over while his siren is off. Effing pullover UCs, <laughs> he said him to, uh, to himself after honking. The driver slows down, drives off, then pulls up again amid more honking. The dash cam shows Flanagan, who's the police officer, emerging from the police car, pointing a gun at the driver, saying, Get out of the effing car right now. Uh, also attended was a smartphone recording made by the driver's partner as she sat in the ute. Uh, What the F are you pulling here today, Flanagan said to her partner. You came past me. I'm bloody beeping the horn up the side, point you over, and you still kept driving. What's your effing story? Do you have a license? You didn't see me, right. Where's your license, dickhead? So this is from our, our illustrious police uh, offices in Queensland, obviously not indicative of the greater good, but I mean, I'm sure uh, he's been put off without pay, it says here in the article, and uh, he's trying to fight that without pay uh, right now. This one's got, Muzzle's got, has got to do with the election, which is really important about the government, again, knows uh, pretty much they're under the pump in regards to votes at the election. Maz, what's that one say?
1: Yeah, and this is from skynews.com.au. Jason, uh, also ninth uh, of the 6th, uh, 2016, uh, voting independent will lead to chaos, the PM says. Malcolm Turnbull and Bill Shorten are toughening their warnings against minor parties as the election campaign reaches the halfway point, with both sides yet to break through with voters. No surprise there. The Prime Minister has slammed the Greens. independence and the Xenophon team declaring a vote for anyone, but the Coalition is a vote for chaos. I mean... OK, we don't want to vote for the Greens or Nick Xenophon. I mean, <laughs> but, but, you know, uh, vote for anyone. I can't believe you know, Anyone are... else is a vote for chaos. I'm sorry. Uh, I don't agree with that, Mr. Prime Minister. Uh, we are going to put as many uh, pro-gun people into Parliament as we possibly can uh, to make sure that you guys are not able to do, uh, destroy our rights even further. So, anyway, uh, look, guys, <laughs> PM and uh, Bill Shorten are worried because they know that a lot of people are disillusioned with politics and they will yep. vote minor parties.
0: Yeah, I've got one here, another one too. We're just cracking the news today, guys, because there's so much to get through. This one is the election candidate to sue police over gun raid. Now, this is adelaidenow.com.au, May 30, 2016. A federal election candidate in Adelaide's North says he will sue police for $500,000 over its bungled handling of firearms raid on his home. Officers attended Mr Aldridge's Penfield Gardens home in May 2013, and cautioned him for having three insecure rifles. A day later, on the instructions of senior police, returned and confiscated the rifles and two pistols. Uh, the rifles were stored in a locked cellar. The pistols were also in a safe. So, yeah, very interesting uh, article. I'm not sure what's going to happen with that. I mean, 500000 well, How 000... is that, Jason? How yeah, is that's that? May 30, 2016, so it wasn't right. that long mm-hmm. ago, yeah. yeah. Long ago. Okay. Uh He reco- uh, also says, Mr. Order said he would sue the government for $500,000. It's just going to change how the officers treat people, which I'm glad about, he said. Uh, police spokesman said the ombudsman recommendations have been implemented. So maybe well it
1: comes down to the old rights versus privilege thing, doesn't it, Jace? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you have got right to. Uh,
0: own I mean, does out. does a cellar constitute a safe? I mean, if it's a brick wall with the correct door. I don't know again I don't know we've got to wait and see actually what comes out with that guys because uh, you know obviously we don't know in particular but you know again you know again hassling the people least likely to do anything with firearms
1: okay I've got a real cracker here and this is from the Daily uh, uk. greens mp confesses uh, to shooting rabbits from his bedroom, bedroom window <laughs> a gr- Oh, uh, it's a good one. A Greens MP has admitted to shooting rabbits from his bedroom window and killing foxes and pigs. New South Wales Greens politician Jeremy Buckingham hit out at Shooters, Fishers and Farmers Party. MP Robert Borsak last week after he confessed to killing and eating an elephant on a $25,000 hunt in Zimbabwe, describing the experience in detail on TUE Radio. Mr Borsak said, I think it tastes as good as the best Wagyu beef. And a lot of you guys probably would have heard this big hoo-ha about... Um, Well, I mean, it's no secret, Jason. I mean, everyone's known known for a long time that Royal Borsak goes elephant hunting. It's not a big secret, and they're making it out like it'll be something new. Here you go. Here you've got the hypocrisy again demonstrated by the Greens. Jeremy Buckingham, so quite okay for him to shoot outside his bedroom window, but going on a safari elephant hunt? Oh, no, that's extreme. Absolutely. (laughs) That's extreme. So, you know...
0: I mean, Bucky, hipo- Bucky Buckingham was even eating some of apparently Robert Borzak's uh, famous deer sausages.
1: <laughs> I think so, yeah. <laughs> you know? well, there's, you're right, There's you, a picture of
0: him on Facebook <laughs> where he's enjoying a snack. He's, he's got his little green shirt oh, on and he's, t- he's, he's smashing down a, f- a couple I mean, this of, is quite
1: incredible, really, that these people have 10% of the, of the country's vote, almost 10% of the country's
0: vote. I mean, who votes for these people? I don't know, <laughs> kind of scary. This one's a quite a sad one, actually. Uh, this is June 7, 2016 uh, by Sydneymorningherald.com. Uh, rio olympics 2016 shooter michael Diamond pleads guilty to high range drink driving and carrying a shotgun michael Domin appears being caught on tuesday to fight the firearms charges that could keep him from the rio olympics dual olympic gold medalist streams of competing in rio may now hinge on him having a chance to beat a drink driving and firearms tra- charges before the team is selected in july uh, diamond diamond 44 has ex Oh, sorry, applied to expedite a hearing after pleading not guilty on Tuesday to four charges stemming from an incident at Nelson Bay last month. Uh, he had a, apparently allegedly had an alcohol rating of 0.153 with a firearm and 150,000 of ammunition in his car. Now, my, my concern is here, drink driving and the firearms generally obviously two different matters. You know, was he carrying the, the shotgun and was the ammunition unsecure for an example? Uh, you know, the I mean, look,
1: the, the, the law is the law, and some laws are good, some laws, laws are bad. I mean, like really,
0: drink driving while you got guns in the car—it's not ideal, no. <laughs> it's not ideal, <laughs> certainly no. not ideal. But I mean, I mean but, Michael- but, but, but hang on, but hang on. Like we, we, we go to a state forest. Some well, we we don't really do that. None of us really no, have a drink. of course but, not. But, look, but you Michael can, Diamond, if you've got your guns, if you've got your guns locked up in the car and you go hunting, you are allowed to have a beer. You just can't be in in possession of firearms at the time whilst under the influence of alcohol.
1: Yes, look, this is where look. Here's the thing. I'm going to say something very controversial here, Jason. Oh, no. Very controversial. Here we okay? go. I'm sick to death of these high-profile sports people. I'm sick to death of them. Michael Diamond, the whole lot of them. I'm, I'm sick to th- They do nothing for us. They do nothing. All they do is they use their high-profile prof- name in some sort of controversy. Okay? Yeah. And it does absolutely nothing for us. They don't advocate for our gun rights. I've yeah. never seen them publicly, not at all. They don't, you know... Mate, I'm sick to death of them. I just can't stand them. And I, you know, good on them if they want to go do
0: their sport. I, or saw, I saw on um, on uh, Facebook, too, there was a bit of a public spat between himself and Russell Mark. I thought oh, they Russell were Mark, mates. there's
1: another one. You know, Russell, oh, Russell Mark, no one needs an AK-47. No one needs this. Not again. Did you say that? The whole, yeah, again, the whole need argument. Yeah. You know what I mean? like Seriously, all these, sport, all these guys that do these sport uh, clay target shooting, yeah. look, I'm a big advocate. If you want to get into that sort of stuff, fantastic. But guess what? Once you become high profile, once you're in the media, okay, the moment you slip up and do stupid stuff like Michael Diamond, you create a bad example for everyone. For everyone. This is what really ticks me off yeah, it's too about s- these people. They either They either say the wrong things in the media or they, they, they put out a really bad example for the rest of us.
0: Yeah, I mean, a lot of people have got into shooting because of, you know, Russell and Michael and um, those sort of guys. I mean, I mean and then they, they, I think they're good blokes, but, I mean, you can't, when you, you know, what, eight weeks, seven weeks out before you, you know, Olympic selections or whatever it is, you know, it's kind of disappointing when you actually go drink-driving with a shotgun in the car. I mean, I don't have an issue if the, if the ammunition was stored correctly. You might find it's a drink-driving charge and the ammunition was stored correctly. But going on this media article, which, again, you never read what the media tell you, it seems like possibly the Jason, you know, ammunition Jason, was unsecured. Jason, the guy is obviously a high-profile... Uh, oh, Olymp- a, oh, definitely. He's a profile oh, oh, Olympic
1: a, competitor. He's the most gold okay. medalist. And, Olympic for him, in medal. and for him to, uh, you know, have mixed alcohol with guns in any way, it's just, 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 yeah. the, it's well, just a he massive, yeah, he massive known better. baller cup, mate. It's massive. Yeah, he should have known better. Yeah. Okay. So anyway, so we're going on to uh, news.com.au. And this is, again, 9th um, uh, of the 6th. Tensions flare. As Carl accuses Lisa of having a double standard on today's show. So, oh, yeah. as you know, Carl Stefanovic, he's, yeah. a, he's Carl, actually... Lisa gun-
0: Wilkinson, Carl Stefanovic. Yeah,
1: the, the biggest left-hards, left-wing nutjobs. The same Lisa well, bandana-wearing
0: s- husband. I did but- see a, a picture of a Carl Stefanovic. Apparently, he's got... Yeah, no, he he's, gonna, gonna, no he's, he's a hunter. He's a fud. He's a fud? Oh, complete fud.
1: So, <laughs> so, anyway. So, anyway, Someone, they, hey, they, they were having a bit of a... Hang Someone
0: just... Someone just around the corner when we said we got a bit loud there, and someone uh, when we heard say "fud," turned around and started laughing. So it was kind of <laughs> kind of funny. So sorry, guys, we're here uh, again. Live at Humfest. This is a very interesting atmosphere, isn't it? It Jason? is. I am
1: mean, actually watch... surprised. I'm having a great time. I am. I'm having a great time watching people go by. People just kids. say a lot of kids with their, um, their mums and dads, and uh, yeah. you know, they're having a look at all the exhibits, and they're they're saying uh, "g'day," they're waving to us, and uh, we're saying we're waving back." So it's a very interesting atmosphere. It's the first time we've ever done this, and
0: I actually quite like it to be honest, Chase. Yeah, I'm actually kind of enjoying it too I mean it's t- totally different than things we're normally used to doing so yeah so anyway we go on okay yep. so
1: left wing nut jobs Carl and uh, Lisa Carl Stefanovic of course and, Lisa and this Wilkinson. is very hypocritical so, from so, Carl i so, my head
0: yeah Carl says things got
1: a little tense on the Today Show this morning when Carl Stefanovic accused Lisa Wilkinson of having double standards the panellists have been discussing recently released photos showing Crown Princess Mary of Denmark firing a gun while training as you know everyone there has been watching the news Princess Mary of Denmark she's been seen uh, and pictured in a lot of those um, camera, the camera uniforms in the, in the military the Danish military and also firing an AR-15 as well which is great I think it's fantastic when Stefanovic decided to call out his co host, I've got something to say, Lisa, Stefanovic said. I think you have completely double standarded yourself today. You've sold yourself out with Princess Mary. If that was an Australian politician, you would flip your lid, he says. Visibly confused, Wilkinson replied, Why? Your anti gun stance, said Stefanovic. So, <laughs> Stefanovic accused. You know, one of the biggest fuds on TV, Stefanovic, accused that Wilkinson of having a double standard. I think he's right. I mean, I mean, good on him for saying it. He's right. I mean, if that was anyone else, I mean, if that remember all the big hoo ha there was, Jason recently when as uh, the two boy Olympic swimmers uh, were pictured oh, yeah. in America Ken- where they
0: Kenrick Monk and the other fella. Yeah,
1: that's right. Um, they were pictured with oh, they're pictured where their guns. Oh, heaven forbid they in America. Gun shop. They were chastised. Oh, heaven forbid. They were absolutely Hang on, hung, drawn, and quartered in the were media. In a legal gun shop. I know. The world Heaven, heaven forbid, oh, a legal gun shop with legal guns in the United they're States. They're such bad people.
0: <laughs> heaven forbid. They were
1: absolutely um, uh, given a bollocking in a, in a left-wing politically correct media when that happened. But all of a sudden, Princess Mary's got an AR-15 and she's shooting with the military. that's ah, no worries for Lisa So. It's a, yeah. It's a no, no, no problem there, so it's yeah,
0: completely the, double standard. The thing that gets me, actually, with Carl um, Stefanovic is you know, he had a try to have a go at David Lionhelm about a month ago in regards to giving <laughs> statistics about New Zealand in regards to their uh, last uh, mass shooting. He goes, oh, well, that was in 1997. I was like, well, there's a huge difference between 19 years and three months ago and 20 years ago since Port Arthur. Yeah, yeah I know. And he tried to make Lionhelm tried, tried, tried stupid. to pick,
1: pick him up on that fact. Yeah. So I'm like
0: eight months difference. I mean, really, is it really a huge deal? I Matt, mean, I think it's pathetic. Um, going on to my one too. This one, Matt, this really actually gets angry under my skin. Uh, this one here is. By the way, Jay, it's good picture here of Princess Mary with the age yeah, 15. Looks cute. She looks, looks like a little. Looks stunner. great. It looks like I'd a great. Marry her. Oh, a couple oh, of mate. kids. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, not bad. Um, uh, this one here is theaustralian.com.au. Uh, this one is very interesting too because the recordings. The Lint Cafe, Lint, Lint Cafe recordings go missing. Recordings and transcripts detailing calls made over several hours by hostages held at gunpoint within the mm. Lint Cafe siege have gone missing. With a senior New South Wales police negotiator unable to explain what happened to them, an inquest, inquest is heard. The failure to maintain these records is one of a litany of potential flaws that bedevilled the force's attempts to negotiate with gun- gunman Man Haron Monis during the 2014 Sydney siege and have been uncovered in evidence before the hearing. M- my question is, where have they gone? Where are these... Re- Mate, this is... I'm sorry. I've got to say this Jason, how Jason, is, is, really, is anyone
1: really surprised? I'm not surprised. <laughs> I mean, this, these are the people we trust Mate, these, to, the, to handle our records, to handle the registry, to handle all people, these things. Right. Mate, it's unbelievable. It's you know, just,
0: <laughs> here we go. It says, evidence before the inquest shows 12 groupings, right, guys, 12 groupings of calls were made by people held within the Link Cafe between 9.44 and one sixteen p.m. But no recordings or transcripts of these calls have been kept. Oh, amazing. And he says, I can't answer that for you, sir, said a senior negotiator, identified only as Reg, told the inquest when asked about these calls.
1: It's 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 incredible. You know, this is like one of the most publicised terror events in the country,
0: and what they've lost they've lost the calls. <laughs> yeah, it says That's the, crazy. It's also, it also says the negotiators were provided with a dictaphone and they were asked to make a recording. As to why things are missing, I can't answer that. We've spoken about it and we don't know what happened. Like, is that even mate, To me? People are getting fired, mate. People are getting fired. The, you can't possibly the, lose... The incompetence is astounding.
1: You know? The incompetence is astounding. And whether or not it is a, the incompetence, that's that's the other thing. So I'm not going to speculate too much on that, Jason. I'll wait and see what happens with that. Yep. But really, to, to lose crucial information like that, um, yep. well, what can you say? Yeah. Okay, so Bob Catter calls for crocodile hunting safaris in the top end. So federal MP Bob Catter says croc-shooting safaris should be allowed in Queensland's far north. Uh, following a suspected fatal attack. Police are still searching for the body of uh, Cindy Waldron, 46, who was uh, dragged under the water during a late-night swim at Thornton Beach in the Daintree National Park on Sunday. And this comes from Um Yeah, absolutely, I agree with Bobcat 100%. Uh, we should have croc-hunting safaris. Why not? Crocs are in abundance. There are heaps of them. And they are huge. And uh, there's absolutely no reason to think that we're going to be able to Hurt their population whatsoever. I mean, if, has anyone been to the top end of Queensland? Have, have they seen how and, much and water there are is? Animals. Have they seen how much how much uh, wildlife there is up there? It's unbelievable. So, look, I agree with him hundred percent. It would bring valuable in co- economy to the Queensland. Uh, government,
0: um, and you remember when I rang up? Remember about um, was it was it two? No, it was two GB actually. Steve Price, yes, about croc um, hunting when uh, the Environment uh, Minister Greg Hunt Greg was Hunt, on there. Greg Hunt, because yeah. don't forget, some of these animals, right guys, they're going to cull anyway. So why wouldn't we have it that? people actually come on and actually hunt these animals but, for a price but then you know Jason it's okay
1: if it's okay if the government kills them but, oh, yeah, you, but you're yeah. not allowed no i'm not allowed no, you're
0: yeah. not allowed or anyone yeah. else yeah, but exactly. the government that's all right no yeah. and they can yeah. shoot them leave them to rot and what a waste of money we what can a waste. bring people into. like it doesn't make any sense on any type of level does it no
1: but you know hey that's politically correct jace yeah. you know you, you don't want to be politically incorrect
0: yeah. <laughs> mate this one is a funny complete one joke, this one's a funny joke, one because really. if we remember our friend who's anti hunting he did some Had some issues here with the lion hunting member, Jason Wood, out of La Trobe, uh, the voting area of La Trobe in Victoria. Now, this has actually come out from the Animal Justice Party. This is how bad it's got in regards to uh, Jason Wood. Uh, media release Tuesday, 7th of June, 2016. On Friday, Liberal MP Jason Wood and Assistant Health Missioner Ken Wyatt announced the Liberal Party's intention to ban animal-tested cosmetics in Australia. The Animal Justice Party welcomes the initiative from Jason Wood. We have worked with him for a long time to achieve this ban, and we uh, are pleased that he has taken it so seriously. Jason uh, has worked so hard with his colleagues to win from his party. My head's hurting. Just one second. My head's hurting. <laughs> Why? Just listening to that. Jason Wood. Oh, my God. So, basically, guys, Jason Wood working with the Animal Justice Party uh, in Victoria. Uh, really doesn't surprise me uh, support for Jason Wood and Latrobe so they're obviously trying to give him a lot of uh, publicity up until the election he has a very marginal seat uh, from what I hear so hopefully again guys if you can get out there you're in this seat of Latrobe uh, you vote heavily against Mr Wood and you also get out there and uh, yeah, make, La, make a La, difference. got to hand out how to vote cards for your pro gun parties. Doesn't matter which one it is. Get out there. Yeah, Latrobe
1: University, the home of all the Marxists. Oh my God! <laughs> the, the left wing. <laughs> the Latrobe University pumps out more left wing nut job extremists than than any. Yeah.
0: <laughs> Another one I've got here, this is an interesting one too, Bill Byrne. This is Bill Byrne. You know, Bill Byrne is the police minister uh, in Queensland. Now, it says, Bill Byrne fires back to defend stance on guns. Now, this is the morningbulletin.com.au by Zoe Conway Dodd, 2nd of June 2016. Bill Byrne recently came under fire after depicting Queensland primary producers as pistol-bearing lone cowboys. The comments both angered those who work for the land for, the li- for a living and brought into question the future of Category H handgun laws in Queensland and gun laws in general. Uh, currently the Queensland Weapons Act make an exemption for farmers to use handguns as part of their work and duties such as killing an animal. However, state member for Rockhampton and Minister Bill Byrne said the idea of the lone cowboy with a pistol strapped to his hip as an effective weapon in an agriculture application simply doesn't cut it with me. The Minister said he had genuine conversations with leaders of the the agricultural community surrounding the issue on gun control. Uh, my position in relation to concealable firearms being used in the agricultural context has not changed. He said, "Blah blah blah." The guy's um, this guy's oh, no this work is, this work is just the,
1: clearly a case of disapproval. You know, he doesn't like it. Doesn't want you to walk around like a yeah, cowboy. Yeah, he doesn't want he you. He doesn't know, like you know, if it. If know, he wanted to do it's it, it's not about it. any facts or or any kind of uh, evidence based approach. It's just the fact that he doesn't like it, and that's it.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting because the funny thing is he's no better than the former... What was the name? Minister for Police. I can't remember. remember Joanne Miller. Joanne Miller. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. Joanne Joanne Miller, Miller. yeah. Who who didn't even want to meet with, you know, the shooting community. So, interesting stuff. Mars got another one.
1: Yeah, this is from uh, theindependent.co.uk. And, Jason, if you remember a long time ago, I was uh, giving the the Royals a bit of a bollocking because they were speaking out against poaching. And I was also saying, well, okay, why aren't they speaking in favour of... um, pro shooting trophy hunting, hunting which conservation. Uh, conservation hunting and so on, which preserves a lot of the big five animals in Africa and finally here we go we 've got a story here Prince William is talking sense trophy hunting is a crucial part of conservation. a few individuals legally hunted each year is a small price to pay for the transformative benefits trophy hunting brings so uh, well done, Prince William. He is talking sense. As hard as it is to comprehend that killing animals can be integral to their survival, the fact remains, without trophy hunting, many of Africa's iconic species would be worse off. In South Africa and Namibia, hunting has played a role in in the significant expansion of wildlife outside parks. Limited hunting has been uh, credited with helping to encourage the increase in southern white rhino range and numbers. So very... Very good ad there from the independent.co.uk. It's um, basically saying that uh, what, a, what a crucial part, trophy hunting and uh, big safaris and things like that play yep. in conservation and we know of the are, big uh, uh, African animals. We know so the
0: royal family are, are fairly big on hunting, mate. We know they like to hunt, you know, the ducks or the grouse or... Yeah, pheasants over in England. Yeah, the pheasants, they always hunting. go hunting. Yeah, love Prince, the... Prince William, Prince Harry. Prince you know Harry, what I'd like to do King one hunters. day? Get in one of those little pants. I mean, I'm probably too big for that, but th- those little shoes and the, the boots, my little cap on, you know, my little English shooter's cap, my little, oh, you want what to do the they one call one them? One... The played. I don't know, ducks I and plaid. I think they call them fuds. <laughs> no, no, they're not. <laughs> they like their hunting. They get no. They get. In, <laughs> you're an ass. They get into the. They get into the whole attire, the shirt, the button-up yeah, shirt. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I couldn't be held to go to that level. But if I'm going to hunt pheasants, I'm going to just stand over while they flush them out. Yeah, I'll get in. They, some of these guys even wear ties. It's unbelievable.
1: Yeah, no, they get dressed up for the occasion, and they you know they make it a real uh, a major event. So I mean, good on them. And you know, Easter down. that's uh, great, fantastic. Anyway, so we've got some good news here, Jason. So NT Firearms Act changes set to double gun licence periods, right? So yes, that's, that's good. So that's change, good changes to the Northern Territory Firearms Act will double licence periods to allow police, particularly those in the undercover operations, and better perform their duty, supporters of the changes say. Um, so Police Minister Adam Giles said the changes were about reducing red tape, which is good. That's all we like. The changes would uh, see weekend hunters, pastorals and other gun owners able to apply for longer-term firearm licences. Five-year licences will be extended to ten. And one or three years licences increased to five years. Sporting Shooters Association of Australia, NT President Rob Kittle, said it was hard to get a gun hard to get a gun licence if somebody lost it with a firearm and that involved police being called. They are automatically pinged. Uh, Mark Christopher, NT Police Superintendent, said having to frequently obtain a new licence was a waste of time and money for the NT government and for gun owners. Good news there, the extension of the gun licence, Jason, which is great. Ten year licences, excellent.
0: Yeah, no, it's oh, good. I'd like to see 10-year licence. I wish they did that in New South Wales, but I think the Greens going a bit upset saying, well, no-one's getting checked. But they could easily do, you know, throughout the licence, they could easily do a licence check throughout the licence to make sure you haven't committed an offence. But if you're committing an offence anyway, the police should be looking up to see whether you've got a licence anyway, wouldn't they? Wouldn't that be common sense? They're looking up to see whether you've got a licence to see if they're yeah. going to suspend it, depending on what particular action you are running p- with police was?
1: Yeah, that's right. I mean, Mr Kittle said gun licences also in the NT could not be renewed and each license requiring a new application was a time consuming and costly exercise particularly for pastorals. so yeah absolutely I agree Um, 10 year license I don't see anything wrong with that Um, Uh,
0: we've got a big one here this only happened I think just a couple of days ago uh police shoot knifemen at Westfield Hornsby four people oh, yeah. so this is news.com.au four people have been injured in a shooting outside a shopping centre in Sydney's northwest after police opened fire on a 23 year old man carrying a knife the men identified as Jeff Jerry Surian who was brandishing a kitchen knife as he wandered through the mall, babbling incoherently before he was shot three times by officers. Now obviously you guys know basically he, he proceeded to come at the police officer the female police officer from the video footage he was about what five metres away. Um, she's apparently shot him. Roughly there yeah. Uh, we Actually we, and we just spoke to a police officer that was here. We have confirmed mm. they use a 40 calibre firearm. Yeah it's 40 cal- 40 Smith and Wesson Glock. Uh, they do use hollow points so I don't believe that they would have shot him from five metres and it would have went through a torso shot. Definitely not. Uh, so the question is, uh, I think she, she's actually plainly missed some of these people. And what she's done is she's actually injured. Three well, she, she's missed
1: the one guy. Yeah, yeah. She missed the one guy yeah. and
0: she's in, injured three bystanders. Now this is what they actually said. And I can understand maybe the Lint Cafe seized because apparently 90 shots were fired. Right. So you can understand maybe some deflection, maybe some ricochet, Uh, And then now in this issue, again, they're saying three people were hit by a ricochet. I don't know. I mean, I know there's a lot of guys out there that shoot targets, IPSC, pistol shooting. They're shooting at very close ranges. And in 30 years, they've not been hit by a ricochet, yet, yet, you know, three people get three people have, have now been injured and I felt sorry for the poor old lady behind the poor bugger you know she got hit and she was wailing and you know I probably would be too so we, we don't know at this stage whether they are ricochets or in fact they uh, have actually been shot directly by the police by missing shots I mean in a public place she had to do what she had to do I understand that and what we're going to do actually here now must you yeah, are... I I, I called Stuart
1: uh, I called short blocking just regarding this issue. Yeah, TUE. My, my, on two UE, yes. And my opinion is I just don't think police officers get Enough ne- training? No, not nearly enough training to be able to deal with situations like this. I mean, shooting pistols is hard enough at a at a stationary target as it is, and shooting them while you're moving at a moving target um, is even harder. So, yeah, very hard, and it requires a lot of training to hone in your skills. And especially if you're in a public place, I mean, the the potential for bullets to yeah, I mean, fly five fly, meters fly away, fly, yeah, so it's five meters, so it's five meters away. And I, I'm not I'm not trying to be hard on the police officer. Uh, uh, anyway, let's play. You know, let's play yeah, first. Not, there's not, a
0: few. Uh, small. airs like we knew. I, I pretty much knew it was a forty Smith and Wesson. Well, I thought it was a
1: nine nine mil. Nah, it's not. But a used mil. to be.
0: They used to be nine mils. Oh, 38 No, I think they ever did. I think they were thirty eight. They went from 38 38 caliber up to when they went to semi order, they went to forty cal. Yeah, I, I maybe can't remember. a wrong guys. Yeah. We don't know a lot about it. I got to talk to more of the police about it. Whether well, they used I've to
1: got a, I've, I've got a couple of friends that uh, are in the, in the police force and they used to be and and. And also used to be
0: in the police force, and uh, I think two of them mentioned that they did have nine mils. Oh, maybe, yeah, they have nine mils. but anyway, what we're trying to get at is that law-abiding shooters here in uh, you know certain things, you know, that they've got to do you know what up to what, eight shoots per year, uh, and police That's right. between between four 5.
1: between four and eight shoots per year, and uh, like, police just basically uh, go just once a year, and uh, just and for some for people who we trust with the safety and who. Um, have to
0: carry firearms out let's in the play public. It. You want to play it? Yeah, sure. Let's, let's, let's we'll, play we'll, we'll play that right now.
3: Good luck to her anyway. Thirteen, thirteen, thirty-two. A number, Mario. Good morning. Good morning, good morning. Stuart. Thank you for taking my call. Sure.
6: Yeah, just regards to the police shooting at uh, yeah. at the shopping centre. Now, I've, I know a lot of police officers that are my friends, and I've got a firearms license, and I know what sort of training they go through. And also, um, the fact that, to be honest, a lot of these police officers they're really not even qualified to be able to carry a gun and, and yeah. react in a real-life situation because they simply don't do the, the, the amount of tra- training that's required to be able to react in a real-life situation like that. And I know for a fact that uh, traveling to the United States and meeting a lot of people over there, the police officers in the United States do a lot of real-life scenario training and simulation um, in, in regards to a lot of those uh, uh, scenarios that they might be put under whereas our police officers, they, they just go to a range once a year and they shoot their guns and that's it. Yeah. And, and, and it, that doesn't give them anywhere near the amount of training required um, to be able to react to a situation like that. And it pretty much shows with that police officer, I mean, uh, she pretty much missed uh, uh, you know, a body mass, yeah. shot, body mass shot within, within that range. And it shows there's a lack of training.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's not quite point-blank range, but, uh, yeah, I don't know whether it was, you know, the fact that she missed the bloke altogether and hit someone behind her, whether there was, you know, the bullet going through the fella. We we don't know at this stage. I mean, all of that's got to be determined, but uh, he certainly wasn't killed, which is very, very lucky for him. But uh, I wonder, I mean, what sort of kickback is there on, on a Glock like that? I mean, again, you can practice that on a range, you can do that in your training, but suddenly there you are, you're shaking, your, your endorphins are running, the adrenaline's up. You can't necessarily create that same scenario at a rifle range or at a shooting range. So, you know, with the kickback of the gun, all of those things, I don't know how difficult it would be in that situation.
6: Well, Well, that's right, and this is what I was talking about before with training, uh, with the kickback on a 9mm Glock is, is yeah. reasonable and, and it can Easy. be, yeah. And yeah. It can be a, a, quite a fair bit if you're a petite person. Yes. Um, now, uh, when it comes to the training, uh, the police don't do nowhere near enough training as in terms of real-life scenarios, shooting at silhouettes and uh, and moving targets and those sort of things um, in, in a scenario base where they actually have to walk with their weapon while shooting. So yeah. they, they don't do anywhere near enough of that training. They should be doing that at least... Uh, twice a year police officers and they should be able required to uh, shoot a certain amount of targets with a certain amount of accuracy to be even qualified to carry that weapon. Yeah, well,
3: well I wonder that. I mean, in terms of, I mean, do, do they... Have you got to, you know, get a certain score? Have you got to get 90 out of 100 on a target? I mean, what happens like that? Is there anything done like that?
6: Well, I mean, when you are at a target, you've got to hit a certain amount at a target. But what you're doing, you're standing in a stationary position, pointing your yes, gun,
3: which that's is a, right. which
6: is an unreal situation. I mean, in, yep. in a real life situation, you're more likely moving, moving around exactly. Yep.
3: Yeah, right, you'd, so think, you'd think in this day and age with video simulation and everything else, they'd be able to, I mean, maybe they do, I don't know, but you'd be cre- create situations where it looks like an offender's coming at you from the front or the side with a knife and other things to, to replicate exactly what you're talking about.
6: Yes, that's correct. I mean, for example, um, United States is a great example, the, the amount of training they do over there in terms of moving targets. And, uh, and and shooting at uh, bad guys and good guys silhouettes, um, you know, the uh, things that pop up from a building and so on. They do a lot of that training, which I don't think that any police officer, uh, general duties police officer, does uh, in, in the state. And yeah. and in, in comparison to say, for example, a licensed uh, shooter with a pistol, uh, a, a pistol license. I mean, they have to attend uh, four to six mandatory shoots per year. And yeah, I mean right. I mean yeah. that's nowhere near what the police do. Police do just once a year and that's it. And I mean it's not even and they're the ones who have to carry the guns
2: on no, the well, actually nah, use them. So it's nah, nowhere, right. nowhere
6: near enough training uh, that they do. They they really have to put a lot of those police officers through a lot more intensive real life situations training to be even qualified to carry a weapon.
3: Uh,
0: well, fair enough, mate. Good to hear from you, Mario. I appreciate that. Another. All right, so you just heard Mars on our uh, two UE uh, there with our uh, Stuart Bocking. Now you, you've been getting a great one with two UE, mate, haven't you, Stuart? They seem to. Seem, Mario uh, must have had a spat, I think, on two GB, and he calls up, and they just never answer his calls. But he calls up two two UE because they actually put you on a blacklist, and on two UE <laughs> you're actually uh, getting a, getting on every time, pretty much.
1: Well, actually, um, it's not. Entirely true, it's true, but it's not entirely true. For example, most shows on 2GB, they won't accept my call, mainly because I think I had a um, a difference of opinion Was with Ray Hadley. Hadley. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With Ray Hadley, I mean, Ray's a bit of a knob sometimes, and uh, I just rang up and said, mate, I don't agree with you, I don't think you're right, blah, 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 because I, I basically presented him with some facts that I didn't like, Jason. And, uh, and then um, he said to me, oh, what, you like your civil liberties, do you? I said, well, I, I do, Ray. You know, that's why we live in Australia, because it's a free country. If you don't like civil liberties, mate, maybe you can move to North Korea. <laughs> that's what I said to him. He Is that it? He wasn't happy. So, so he wasn't happy. So since then, it's been very hard for me to get on to 2GB. But however, however See, cause you, cause Andrew, I'm, Bolt, I'm Andrew Bolt and um, Steve Price do let me on. Even oh, now, really? Yeah, they do, because they. I think they like what I have to say, but um, they do let me on every now and then, but it's very hard to get on that show. It's one of the most popular shows at, at night time. But but to you, we especially, I've got to give Stuart Bocking a big rap. I love him. He's, he's he a goes, great. He goes, oh, Mario, thanks for
0: calling again. Yeah.
1: Oh, we appreciate it. Nah, you no, know. I really like Stuart Bocking. I, I agree with a lot of things he says. He's got a very sensible, uh, I guess, centrist centrist view, I guess, which is great for radio. So, anyway, uh, look, so basically, guys, the, the, the main part of that call – uh, was not so, for me to so much bag the police or give the police a bad name, but just to highlight the fact that law-abiding shooters go through a lot more training, a lot more uh, use with their firearms than, than the police do. And I think this is this is a bit of a a problem because the police are the ones that actually have to carry firearms out in the field, maybe uh, you know forced to use them every now and then. Jason to protect yep. people. In respects to that, I think that they, they just don't do nowhere near enough training. They should be doing a lot more training. Especially shooting at the moving targets while you know while they 're moving while they 're moving with their firearms and so on, that should be done to me me personally. I think that should be mandatory for everyone for at least twice a year uh, just to keep keep their skills up with the firearms and just to keep uh, keep themselves familiar with their firearms and, and then you have a lot less of these uh, type of um, I guess accidents happening out happening out in yeah. the public because really they
0: need to be a lot more trained.
1: Uh, a lot more training is needed, and uh, really, like uh, moving I mean, targets. Forty caliber, forty caliber handgun shot at that distance at someone. I mean, it's it's clear that the guy that she didn't really hit the the main body mass of yeah. the of the Because I did person. see him on the
0: ground, even though he's critical. I mean, he shot three times. Nah, I mean, that's. I mean, uh, I mean, if you
1: shot with a forty caliber at that uh, distance, I mean, game over. in the chest, I mean, you're going to drop. You're going to drop like a sack of potatoes. Uh, you know, nine, nine times out of ten, you're going to drop like a sack of potatoes. So it's clear that she didn't really get a good shot at him. I'm not critical at the police officer because it just comes down to training. And, you know, as well as, Jason, in the United States, that's sort of training the police oh, officers. They, are, yeah. uh, it's unbelievable. Some of, the, some of the training they go through, it's just uh, incredible. They're you know, like moving targets, you know. They go through um, a whole bunch of uh, uh, training where they have to run and shoot with their firearms and so on. It's, uh, and, and they're very, very... Uh, proficient with it so you know I'd like to see a lot more of that with our police so that at least that way uh, people can be feel secure that they've got the adequate training to uh, to be able to um you know tackle these issues
0: now going back there we didn't actually didn't do a write up uh, of the A lot of people know I post on the internet, Nick Harvey Files Gun Owners. It was about his uh, article to the Daily Telegraph, which didn't get printed. Now, we forgot to read on the last show, the last trade shooting show, some of the comments. And uh, definitely some of the comments are very good, and we'll read pretty much uh, all of them. We'll read some of those comments right now. And going through some of the uh, comments right now, it's very interesting uh, on this Nick Harvey issue. Now, Jason, 100% with you on this. Very poor form indeed from David. Okay, Rob Stevenson, Jason, I also agree sorry, with sorry, you. Can yeah, no, sorry, can I just clarify something?
1: Sorry. Very poor form from David. What, what is, that? Is, oh, yeah, is, is yeah, he talking about no, no, he's David talking Lyon no, or no, no, Nick no. Harvey?
0: No, that's David Brown, the guy that actually said it. So okay, yes, so Jason, 100% with you on this. Very poor form indeed. So that's poor from form Nick, for, yeah, from on Harvey. behalf of Nick Harvey. Yeah, goes, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. Jason, I also agree with you all have pointed out. It's uh, hard to fathom the response action from Nick Harvey. What was he going to achieve? Exactly. Okay, what this one's an interesting one. Mitchell Steele. Right, this is an interesting one. Mitchell Still, i read the whole thing. Doesn't he have a point, though? You can't deny there are some idiot shooters. Nick said a few. You said a lot. I mean, if that's what the conversation we're getting into. Oh, out Jesus there, to give Christ. us a bad name, you Doesn't see it all the time. Yeah,
1: okay, like I say, he's got a point. What's he going to achieve with that point?
0: I don't know. I mean, he, what's there to be achieved? I don't know. You see it all Untitled. the time. And do all of us really need a semi-auto for hunting purposes? There are very <laughs> few who could properly operate... Such a weapon with great oh, success. Geez. Again, there's many, many people over in the United States that are using these firearms New to Zealand, hunt you, Canada. Everything, I mean, look, Canada, How many times do we have to Sweden, say Sweden, Switzerland, Germany? I mean, I mean, what, are we are we that
1: incompetent here that we're not not as competent people as, as in Canada and New Zealand? Yeah. He goes, I am you a shooter. Know, our cousins, I,
0: I'm a shooter, and I hate how restrictive our gun laws have become. But I believe Nick has a point. It's a shame that these restrictions have fallen on us all. But I wouldn't say they have taken away the toys more than the tools. Again, it's nothing to do with toys or tools or anything like that. Again, why do we keep saying it's a tool? Why can't it be? It's why can't I have fun with something I want to own? Exactly. If you're law abiding, you're not, you're not doing anything stupid,
1: why not? No, I understand oh, here we point. go and
0: this actually uh, the next part actually advocates my post after this post he goes I think the greatest concern here is that us shooters are pointing the finger at each other this is, goes on to my post yep. about people blaming each other it's very worrying that the anti-gun groups are still pushing for further restrictions on the law abiding and he goes on about it more and firearms you know, restricting trade a little better You know, it's just really again this is what I keep talking about and I did a post about this Mars actually just recently about every time someone comes out in the media and actually says something in particular, they do a bad media presence, they put out this Daily Telegraph articles, yep. they do these articles, and everybody they do a bad job, I guess whose fault it is, it's uh, <laughs> oh, AHP's fault, it's oh, Jason's no. fault, it's Mario's fault, I know. it's some oh, other well, person you know, on... It's
1: my fault that Nick Harvey sold this out Oh
0: yeah, yeah it's absolutely, my fault. Oh, yeah, you, threw, you threw the people on the bus, <laughs> and people get
1: really That's upset incredible. They get so defensive, eh? they get so defensive, oh no, I've been re- reading Nick Harvey for 20 years, how dare you say something about him, well guess what genius. I've been reading him too
0: and he's a bloody FUD. (laughs) <laughs> oh, exactly. And and, and you know? but, but what what happens is when you when you call someone on something they just start attacking me like I'm the I one know. that made the comments. I'm just commenting on a screw up and a, and a screw up. So Yeah, correct. Anyway, I, I wrote a whole another blog post about this how it's your fault. Check it out on the um, website. Okay, let's have a look at another one here from Carlin because that's what you believe or what suits you in your situation doesn't mean others should not have the choice to own these firearms if they choose to. Yep. We need to support all fire, all forms of shooting. Uh, I don't use OU shotguns, so I under an over shotguns but I'd fight to keep them for others uh, to use if that what was needed. Great point. Excellent. Good yeah, on you mate. Yeah. So, uh, who's who's next, that from? That's from Carlin. It's Carlin. 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 Good on you Carlin. Okay so Jeff Fowler says Victoria already had a ban on AK SKF military firearms but what was Nick Harvey trying to achieve as his? this is his income li- living? I oh, know it's just anyway um, we,
1: we, we don't need to go over it again I mean it's pretty much uh, you know Done, done and dusted you know people can have their own views it's fine there's okay. two more here views, but
0: well, and Tony, Tony says it really well Nick Carvey was completely out of line with this it's about freedom of choice and he is supporting yep. the destruction of that in this just as our government is ta- taking all of our freedom of choice in every aspect of our lives over regulation is rife in this country it needs to stop people need to take responsibility for their actions and governments need to step the hell out of our lives. I'm all for heavy penalties for the misuse of firearms, such as 10 year, uh, 10 years on top of maximum penalty for a crime if committed with a firearm, with no chance of early release. I don't really care if you use a particular type of firearm. Get in and support others' right as such. They're basically saying what, exactly what yeah, we're saying, yeah, pretty a, much.
1: A thousand percent correct.
0: Yeah. Um, Someone then made a fairly derogatory comment towards Nick, so I won't read that. It's not really pertinent. But here we go, another one from uh, Brad. And I should be able to read this out into its entirety, guys, so uh, I'll try and do what I can here. It's interesting how quick people are to condemn Nick and ways in which they do it. While it's not well written, his letter is a fair voice of reason in the (laughs) middle ground, the far left attempts, and the far right's. Those saying things like freedom of choice or just because it doesn't suit you or cricket bats can be just as lethal in the hands of a murderer are really just embarrassing themselves and are not focusing on the bigger picture. The concern of the government and the community is that rapid fire, fire up. I mean, I can't even. Should I even go on? I mean, I just can't. There's, yeah, there's yeah. so much here. Basically, yeah, another yeah, fud. Yeah, yeah. Who was that? That's you Brad. You can only handle a certain amount of that sort of stuff. Sometimes I get all fudded out, mate. I really do this <laughs> of this crap. You know what I mean? Of this crap. Uh, then also, yeah, there's a few more, but I mean, basically, a lot of people basically uh, supporting us, and no, that's I mean, you know, people issue. Are talking.
1: about, Oh, this is fair and reasonable. Really? Okay. So, how do you? How do you judge what we, is fair? We want fair? to be in the middle. We're going to be in the middle. I mean, but what is the middle? I mean, how, who who gets to judge what the middle is? What is fair and reasonable? You ask anyone around the world what fair and reasonable is, and you get a completely different yeah. answer. You ask someone in the United States what fair and reasonable is. You ask someone in uh, New Zealand what yeah. fair and reasonable You get a completely different answer. Yeah. And, and, to, and for people to say, oh, this is fair and reasonable in Australia, I mean, it's just I mean, it's, it's, it's nonsense. It, fair and reasonable is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's up to the individual. It's not up to the government or, or you or, or anyone else uh, to restrict
0: my um, freedom of choice and, you know, and, and my rights. Anyway, guys, we hope you've enjoyed um, this episode from HuntFest. We've got a few people, people, people waiting for us. We had to do the straight shooting show, so now we're going to go over and do a bit of HuntFest stuff. Start interviewing people and we're going to go from there and uh, hopefully you like the show. It's a bit different than what we normally do. I couldn't read the iTunes comments, guys, because I couldn't get them up on my phone. I know there's one or two there, so we'll address them on the next Straight Shooting Podcast. As usual, my name is Jason Selms. And I'm Mario Butker. See you guys next time. You're listening to the Straight Shooting Podcast here on the AHB Digital Radio Network. As always, thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.